it is, boss. That was it. That was it. Welcome to the welcome to the show, everybody. Woo! Did you excited? rename the show? <laughs> to no. the show? No, I'm just saying today. Just today's the show. Today's <laughs> the show. Right now. Happy Sunday morning. Hello. Hello. What's happening, Kyle? Good morning. Good, good morning. He says. Good morning. Good, good morning, morning, Michael Zolper. Good morning. Glad to be here. It's <laughs> yeah. bright morning. It's beautiful out today. It is pretty nice. Yeah, it's been hot as balls lately. It still is. It's still, well, right now it's not, but it will be soon. <laughs> Give it 10 minutes. I fucking dumped my coffee on my shirt this morning, man. Not so, that salmon colored one, I don't no, think. No, no, no. So I got this sweet-ass Duluth <laughs> Trading Company coffee cup. And uh, when we come in on Sunday, it's Sunday, everybody. Just in case you didn't know that, now you do. It's Sunday. It's not a regular day. Our regular day, we usually stop and get a coffee someplace on the way in, but the coffee shops are closed on Sunday morning, which is kind of bullshit, but we can talk about that later. On the way in, I lay my coffee cup in my seat because for some fucking reason on Sunday morning, I get in a little bit of a hurry and I don't check it. Twice. Two Sundays. The last two Sundays we recorded, I dump half my fucking coffee out on my seat. Nice. It's not cool because I got another shirt in there I'm supposed to wear later. Now mm-hmm. it's covered in coffee, so it's hanging off the side of my truck. Oh. I'm hoping it's going to dry in the next three hours of pure 100% humidity. <laughs> I think I got a chance. Is it a black shirt? No, it's my. It's one of my yellow, yellow Landman one, right? and Landman. Yeah, you saw you saw that. I know what shirts you wear. Yeah, that was hanging out the, the window of my truck. <laughs> no, I got my back brace hanging out there because I dumped coffee on that too. I'm going to help a guy move this afternoon. Your back brace? Yeah, I got a back brace. Is that because of those guys sitting next to no, it's not because of him. It's because I, I'm like oftentimes not really nice to my body, so I need a little extra support. Okay. If it wasn't for this guy sitting next to us, Dr. Michael Zoper, I would uh, I'd probably never never walk again. <laughs> That's why I feel sometimes. We should introduce everybody. <laughs> you brought the guest. You introduced I, I, the guest. I'm going to. I'm just going to say. Uh, today we have Dr. Michael Zoper. What's the what's the little letters for a uh, doctor of chiropractic? What's the oh DC DC Doctor Michael Zoper DC? That's straightforward. Michael Zoper DC. When you first got your your DC behind your name, was that pretty fucking awesome? Did that feel pretty amazing? It was. I mean, yeah, it feels good. I bet it felt good. Yeah, it felt good to finally jump through all those hoops, and it's like, oh, now you can do what you've been practicing to do or training to do for about eight years. No, I don't, I don't mean like the work. I just mean like the thought of that. You can be Michael Zoper DC. Cause like, I guess I wasn't attached to the DC part. You know what I mean? It's more like the ability to do what you want. Yeah, Ike's, Ike's the one with the ego. Don't worry. Yeah, well, I'm a, no, I was like, <laughs> fuck Ike you. Layman. Wait, what's your, what, what initial should we put um, after you? I don't know. SD. Super dad. Super dad. I was gonna say something like landscape expert. No. <laughs> I, I thought about it, but I wanna be I wanna be way more than, than a landscape expert. So I'd rather have a, a better moniker than Ellie. G C D. Generally cool dude. Oh. All right. I'm a G-C-D. Ike Landman, G C D. Well, what the fuck are you then? Doesn't matter. Uh let's see. S V D. S V D. Sexy voice, dude. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like a venereal I was disease. waiting for what the SVD stands for. I was like, what's he coming up with? Here. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds like some kind of bad disease it you does. got. It in, does. In, 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 like, some other country. 
<laughs> What's wrong with you? Oh man, I came down with SVD. I got, no, I got no, no, no. I got an SVD. No, if you came down with SVD, you'd be like, "Hey man, it's Kyle." You'd be like, "Hey everybody, how you how you doing?" And they'd be like, "What's wrong with you?" I picked up a case of SVD. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck that'd be sweet though all of a sudden it's like you just gotta gotta be that you're just svd that wouldn't be sweet why not your whole world revolves around a voice no no just like when you want to bring it out you can bring it out he's I only can... he's only dc part of the time like he's dc during the day while mm. he's doing his thing but when he comes home he's like he's michael zopra he's dad he's fixing the cabinets he's making breakfast he's that guy so i suppose just saying you don't sometimes, have to be sometimes you don't have to be sv he's not like DC when he's making eggs. Are you DC when you're making eggs? Or do you like, you think about chiropractic like 24 7? Like, hey, little egg, I'm going to adjust your shell. <laughs> I don't know about, <laughs> fuck. I don't we, know about we have a table at home, and when the kids are always, hey, dad, can you adjust me? You know, okay. so, yeah. Um, I guess I'm always DC. You're always on. I'm always on because the kids are like, hey, can you check me? Does that suck? Always like, how how many times do you go to places and they're like, yo, it so sucks I got when it's thing. like late at night and you're ready <laughs> yeah. to chill and you're just on the couch and they're like, they're getting ready to go to bed and they're like, can you check me before I go to bed? Okay. Yeah. Uh, then it's kind of like, no, I'm kind of tired and I'm on the couch. You know, <laughs> could you ask me like right after supper or something? Like mm-hmm. when we're up and moving and that's the only time it kind of sucks. Yeah. But other than that, I guess, I guess I'm glad they're able to get checked and that they're able to ask and that's pretty hey, cool. It's yeah. cool and just kind of comes with it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So Bill's been, t- Bill, you know, our friend Bill that never shows up to work. He's been teaching me, telling me about uh, time blocking. Because, like, I got this thing I do where I, I'm never really focused on a specific, specific thing most of the day, like, on my days off. So I'll do, like, some laundry, then I'll do some some invoicing, and then I'll go to lunch with my wife, and then I'll come home, and I'll do some dishes and then i'll go outside and wash the truck or whatever it's like it's kind of all over the place he's like if you do time blocking then you can get more things done focused than not right so like you do better at the things you're doing and it's like and it makes sense and i'd like to try it but if you are time blocking because i'm going to give you this advice that bill gave me right after dinner you just set one of those like uh basketball game clocks on the wall and just like this is your hour (laughs) And within this next hour, if you want to get adjusted, you have to do it now. Once this goes to zero, table's off. Done. I wonder where I put the clock. Right right above your doorway there. I, I already, I've been in your house too many times. I know where it's at. It's like right there. That's Easy. a good idea. Maybe I'll have to try that. You won't. It's that's, okay, though. No, that's good. It's, it sets, sets intent, right? Sets, yeah. sets limitations. The kids He's, know if they want to ask, this is the time to ask. Yeah. After this, don't fucking talk to me about being a DC. I don't want to do it. I'm resting <laughs> on the couch comfortably with a beer in my head. Yeah. Hey, Kyle. I, I don't know why I was started, started thinking like how many businesses started lo- like slogans that sucked. Like for a, a DC, like, yeah, we're down to crack. <laughs> down for crack. <laughs> wow. I don't know why. <laughs> Down, down for crack. You mean, so you mean like how many shitty business slogans are out there that yeah. just like someone thought someone was really thought was good. really good and it's yeah. like yeah, I thought it was going to be funny really bad and it's not. Yeah, it was only funny to them. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure there's a lot, but 
but but they but Sorry, we don't, don't know we don't ever hear about them because they don't ever get very far. That's okay. We can yeah, we can diverge. make it up down, can, down the crack. Yeah. What else? What else you got? I don't know. <laughs> so, um, uh, Michael Zoper, um, I'll give you a little bit of uh, um, I'll give you my intro, and then you can give us your intro. How about that? Sure. This will be fun. So, um, Michael and I have been dear friends for a very long time. Our kids grew up together, um, consider you my brother, and yeah, I just have so much love and appreciation for you, man. Like, we've been through a lot of shit together, we've seen a lot of stuff, we've been through, oh, relationship stuff, kids stuff, life stuff, moves, fucking hurt backs, lots of moves, lots of moves. so many moves, man, um, everything, we've just been through so much together, um, we haven't... I don't, we've never really traveled together though. We did that trip down to Florida. What was that? Am I seriously? <laughs> did I forget about a trip to Florida? Dude, listen to your old episodes. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I even know about this. Oh, okay. Well, it was for like a, an expo or that something. Well, yeah, we, the, the personal growth. Where I had an extra ticket and I was like, right, dude. we did do that. How memorable was I, that for me? <laughs> Have you Such have you both ever done was, like a family trip? No, what, that's, that's what I was thinking. We like, we've never trip. done a family yeah. trip travel trip. No, no, I don't think we have. No, we went over to uh, Chicago. What's that? The beaches, the beaches in Chicago. Well, Indiana Dunes. Oh, we Michigan went. We dunes. went to that. Was like that was like a whole shit. That was of a bunch up. of families. Yeah, that was a whole bunch of families. That and and those are great. But yeah, you're talking. So about, we didn't do just what was our the name two of families. That? Um. It's right next to the Warren dudes, and I'm going Union blank. Pier. Union Pier. Union Pier, Michigan. Mm. Nice Dude. little sleepy town. Yeah. Rented a house, a big house where you could have four different families. Sure. Yeah. And then the beaches are right there. And one day the, the lake is like glass clear, no waves. Another day the wind's blowing, and it's like like you're down in Florida. And, but end of August is a great time to go because it is the lake michigan's warm it's, sure. it's at its warmest point and yeah it's okay. like you don't have to drive all the way down to florida you know it's like mm-hmm. nice water nice beaches and it's not it's not salt water which yeah. is nice and you can you can uh, that first day we were there we had some crazy ass waves yeah that was a that was a that was a sweet vacation so the kids always loved it. all they wanted is water and sand and sure they were happy yeah you know it's a good combo about three hours i would say four hour trip Oh, easy. Because it's three to Chicago. I think it's, it's four. Like four, just at right least around four. it. If you're hitting traffic, then it's okay. bad. But. Yeah, at least four hours. That's a, that's the only speeding ticket I ever got in the state of Wisconsin was going there. Really? I was fucking pissed. I was. I worked until 7 o'clock that night, grabbed all my kids, threw them in the truck, and we're driving. And the speed limit was like 70. And we're on the other side of Chicago, get into Michigan, and I'm my speedometer on my truck says 80. And so we're driving, and there's nobody in the road. It's all, it's almost like midnight. It was super late. Um, and all of a sudden, out of fucking nowhere, I see the blue lights. It's like, fuck, are you serious? Kids are asleep in the back. I pull over. Dad, what's going on? Don't worry about it. Cop comes up. He goes, excuse me, sir. Do you know how fast you're going? So said, my truck said 80. He goes, actually, you were going 81. I'm like, <laughs> You don't say. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, I hate to have to do this for you, but we ticket after 10 over. I'm like, are you fucking serious? Nobody on the road. It's midnight. I'm doing one over 
I wasn't swerving. I wasn't driving erratically, and you're going to give me a ticket. I was so pissed. He's like, well, if you'd like, you can come back and challenge it. I was like, no, I'm not going to drive four hours to come back to Michigan. $179. Yeah. $179 ticket. Don't speed. Piss off. <laughs> I was I was barely speeding. I was only going one. No, over. you were barely speeding <laughs> over the limit that they allow speeding. <laughs> that still counts. That still, are you the ten mile an hour over guy? Is I'm that usually, what you're comfortable. With? I'm usually about seven. Yeah, I was gonna say that's my, that's my range. Is my seven. range is like seven. Nine. You're a nine. Yeah, he's a nine. He ooh, he's wow. dangerous. Edgy Michael. When I'm on the interstate. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, inter- interstate. Interstate, interstate. Interstate. I'm closer to ten. Yeah, but if I'm fifteen. Yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> 25. Depends on the flow of traffic. That that's true. True. If I if if we're cruising to Chicago and everybody's doing between 10 and 15 over, then I'll just roll with the flow of traffic. But if but I'm on Interstate 10, uh highways usually 12 in town, like 20. Kidding. <laughs> I know. I was like, "Wait, wait, you're going backwards in this." <laughs> what about you? Where are you? Yeah, I'm 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 about there. Interstate it's about 10. Like a normal highway here is 55, so I'm, I'm around 7 to 8. 62, mm-hmm. 63 is that sweet spot. Yeah. In, in town, I don't mess around. Yeah, in town, you don't. No. no. In I'm town, pre- I'm, I'm like pretty tw- much, yeah. I'm yeah. 27. Yeah. I'm around 27 in town. But and it, for some reason, it pisses me off when someone, like, blows by me. It's like, what are you crazy son of a bitch? He goes, well, and I guess because, like, Beard was notorious for not letting people cross the crosswalks. Mm. It's the worst town I've ever been in in my entire life. When there's someone standing in a crosswalk, people just do not stop ever. It's unreal. Do you ever notice well, that? Yeah, and it's crazy. Like on Eighth Street, where you got the four lanes, and you got one guy that decides to stop, mm-hmm. and then there's other tra- you know what I mean, and they're zooming by. They don't know why this person stopped, and of course, the person yeah. is starting. You know what I mean? Yeah, it gets scary sometimes. It does. It does. I stopped on a two lane on Broadway once. I stopped for this woman, and she's coming from my right crossing the street and so she's in front of me and a guy whips around me to the left doing full speed Mm. right in front of her almost hit her Mm -hmm. and it's like what's like at least take a pause to see why somebody stopped in the road and granted i got a big truck and so maybe he couldn't see the person walking but still there's like generally people don't stop at a cross rock in the middle of the road for no reason generally you know, Generally. if there's if there's not a stop sign there, yeah. you know, yeah. crazy. Anyway, back to Michael Zoper. Um, Segway. Michael Zoper, segue. <laughs> we have to. Yeah, this is yeah. Our segues are long. Um, they're not long. They're well. That was snappy. Snappy. <laughs> I, 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 our uh, uh, tangents are long. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. I still early. Let me let me get the coffee in me. He spilled um, half of it. I'm waiting for next week to see if he puts it on the side again or not. I won't because next week's Saturday. Oh, okay. So we're going to swing by the other coffee shop and actually get something. So only so Sunday yeah. recording. Sunday's the only time I bring this in. Yeah. To the, because to the shops studio. don't open until 8. Got it. Which is, is that just hitting a church crowd? Like, you get to sleep in on a Sunday? I think it's pandemic. No. Yeah, I think it's pandemic. I think they're like, eh. Before that, were they open? I think they were open to 7 before that. I don't think so. Really? Yeah. I think Sunday's always been 8. I think it's just small town culture. <clears throat> Oh, yeah. Wow. We're not a small town There's anymore. There's not enough people that want coffee to make it worthwhile. And they got to rest. These are family-owned businesses. They got to rest a little bit. You could get your coffee a quick trip. It'd be open. Ding, ding. That's, well, that's where Kyle gets his coffee. Yeah. Yeah. There's gas I mean, I coffee. prefer the 
the smaller ones, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Gas station coffee would be open. Hire some high schooler to open an early That's hour. what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Even if it was like, eh, there's no, uh, look, the espresso machines aren't running yet. This is just they got batch, their drip just straight coffee. We just got drip brew batch coffee for yeah. an hour. That's that's what you do. I did it when I had a coffee shop. I was open at 5 a.m. every day. Well, you're special. Not everybody. I know. Come on, Ike. I know. I'm. What, what am I? I don't remember your acronym. Some kind of landscaping dude. <laughs> special landscaper. I'm an SL. Um. Anyway, hey, back to Michael Zober. Um, we uh uh, so Michael and I, you and I have just been, I don't know, high appreciation for you in my life. We've been friends for a long time, and. You're a, uh, an avid listener of our podcast, which is exciting. And I say avid means when you get the time, you guys slam a bunch of men at once on the road, which is still pretty awesome because it's one of my favorite things when you or like when you guys are doing your trainings and someone at the at the office is like cracks a joke about something Kyle and I said. I think it's awesome. It's just fun. Yeah, makes, we, we enjoy it. Makes my day. Um, and you're a local chiropractor and you've been a local chiropractor for, I'll let you get into this. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Shoot, we moved here back in 2000, um, so it's 2000, 20 years, 20, almost 21 years, mm. Not 21 years will be October, because that's, we moved here a month before Philip was born, wow. so he was born in October, we moved in September, and then we probably like opened our practice in November, December, mm-hmm. I think I want to say, just getting licensing and everything like that, and getting... It was funny because when we moved here, we, we got this sweet old home office deal and we actually came on our honeymoon here and stayed across the street at that, it used to be called Frantique's Showplace, mm-hmm. big blue mm-hmm. house. Did you ever hear about Frantique's no. Showplace? Oh, oh my man. gosh. Huge, big blue house that was just full with dining room sets Okay, and, uh, vintage clothing and old cameras and just had everything in there and, and uh she had a couple of different rooms and when we were here, we had a year left in school. So the house was across the street was for sale by owner. And we kind of had like a four hour radius from our, where I grew up. I grew up in Northern Illinois. Okay. And, uh, it, I don't know. We just kind of, I always came up to devil's lake in high school because devil's lake was the first outdoor. We had an outdoor club and that was the first trip that the high schoolers would take. We'd go to devil's lake and then, We'd go over to Makokata Caves in Iowa and do the Kickapoo River. We'd do the Wisconsin River. And then the end of the year trip would be like Ely, Minnesota. So I always knew Devil's Lake because we'd come up here. And when we were in school, we had a, our honeymoon was go to Baraboo because we gotcha. were also doing a trip out west with the school to the Blackfoot Indian Nation as like a an adjusting trip. So during our break, we, we had probably a month between our semesters. Got married, came up to Baraboo, had our honeymoon, fell in love with the town, did the trip to Montana, and then right back into school. But we had a year left, and so we just kind of, I don't know, kept on dreaming and put an offer on the house and got the house. And so that's that's kind of how the rest is history. So then Philip was here, moved in, um, started our practice from scratch, and basically... Angie was in La Leche League, and so that's like a breastfeeding support oh, group. sure. And that's where all these ladies met, and then the guys kind of got together, and that's I 
pretty sure how we met. Oh yeah, that's how most and, uh, most of our a friend lot group. of our core friend group um, met through our kids mm. there in the beginning. Amazingly enough, how how strong that bond was made in our core friend group through mm-hmm. that little AJ league. Yeah, yeah, and with the kids, you know, just how strong those kids really. You know, I mean, I got four kids. Ike's got four kids. I got the three girls and one boy. He's got the three boys and one girl. Mm-hmm. And um, it's kind of like, I don't know. We always, we kind of supported each other in the, in the fact that your, your young family is going through everything and they mm-hmm. would do sleepovers. You know, it's like one weekend they would have all kids and we'd be able to go out and next weekend we'd have all the kids and they would be able to go out. So it was really a nice support and kind of building your, your, I don't have any other family up here. So yeah. it's like building your family support. Yeah. We're building home. community. And that's where yeah. we're building that community and making, you know, it's kind of like same. I feel like Ike's one of my brothers. I talk nice. to him probably more than I talk to some of my family members. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just, I always, I always know if I had anything wrong, I could call Ike and he's got my back. So I that's think most that's, people. Yeah. Who don't like know that. <laughs> <laughs> I even have your back when you don't expect it. I, exactly. <laughs> So the other day, I'm Superman. This is, this is funny shit. Oh yeah, this is funny shit. So the other day, I, I had, like, what's he talking about? I don't know what he's talking. So like, about. yeah, you know, I, I've got like, like, I'm always doing something. So I had like an hour, right? And I'm like, oh, I've never seen a sign for this estate sale down the road. I'm like, I should go check it out. I got an hour. What the fuck. So I go drive down there, and as I'm getting closer, I see the sign on the corner says that it's over. It was like three fifteen. It got done at three. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Fine, I'll just drive around the corner and see if there's anything still sitting out. So as I'm pulling up, I look over, and Michael and his daughter, Violet, are pulling up. It's like, oh, fucking, I'll go say hi to them. So I go around the corner, and Michael's like, hey, how's it going, man? You know, I just, I just bought this really cool thing and all. And I'm like, all right, that's awesome. And he's like, I'm here to pick it up. And he's got his little tool bag and everything. And uh, I'm like, cool. And I asked the lady that was running the thing, I said, can I look around? It's like, yeah, cool. So I'm like, well, maybe I could help Michael. You know, if he's got a, he's gonna, he's got a Subaru Outback, right? Yeah. And he's like, and he's like, I just bought this huge, like China Hutch thing, and I'm like, how are you gonna get it home? <laughs> and he's like, well, I think it'll fit in my Subaru, and I'm like, okay. So I'm like, well, I got my truck here. Maybe we can just throw throw it in. I there. brought my tape measure, so we're gonna see if I could fit it. If not, then you know, I was phone a friend, and oh my gosh, I followed me right over there nice. with his truck. So it was perfect. Yeah. So I walk in. Well, first we get there, and there's a dude and his son, right? They bought an upright piano. Yeah. And this guy's got a Ford F-150 backed up to the uh, to the garage. And you know the new Ford F-150s, they sit a little higher than the yeah. older ones did. And him and his kid, whose kid's like, what, maybe 16 or 17? He wasn't, yeah. They're, they're looking at this upright going, hmm. <laughs> and the lady that's having the actually goes, so... Fellas, <laughs> do you think you could help these guys? And Michael and I are like, fucking piano? Yeah, a piano. Like, I've moved pianos dude. in my life, and it's like, yeah. I don't know if I really. Yeah, do I want to But do I'm this? looking around, and there's just old ladies. So yeah. it's like, I don't know. I, I'm not going <laughs> to. Either these two guys are going to have to drive back to wherever they came from to get more people or phone yeah. a friend or we're going to help them out. So we threw, we picked it. It wasn't actually it as was, bad. Yeah. I was uh, surprised. As pianos go, that was one of the lighter pianos that I ever had to move. Yeah. Well, and, and the great part is all we had to do was pick it up and yeah. set it on the tailgate and mm. then slide it in. So that was helpful. So then we get that in there. So we go inside. And there's this fucking massive-ass china hutch <laughs> sitting in the living room. 
And it, was there something else too? It was just, or it was a China Hutch? We, we got a bed set. It was like a brand new bed set, dresser, and nightstand for like 30 bucks. Nice. And it was like just their guest room. Like, yeah, you could, sure. it's hardly ever been used. So sure. I was like, well, kids so did, could you, have use a, that. did so, you have a trailer? <laughs> no, that, he had. Well, I already moved that oh, stuff. Okay, okay. That stuff fit in my car. I could okay. fit that. I yeah. Strapped it to the top. And, and the last piece was the hutch. So we were coming back for the hutch. And I'm like, oh. I don't know if it'll fit. If not, then I'm going to have to call Ike, yeah. you know, or I have to strap it up to the top. And that, so. that would have been right. If you'd have tried to strap that glass face hutch top on top of your Subaru, I would have won a video of that. Oh my God. I don't know. I didn't think it all through. That's all right. I'm assuming it went in the truck. We got it in. Yeah. yeah we got it in the truck and go over to the house. And so it, it works out. Did you measure great. it? You brought the tape measure. Would well, it once I saw Ike with the truck, oh, you know, didn't, like, yeah. we'll yeah. just detach the upper We still part did measure part. it just to make sure which way it was supposed to go into the truck. But yeah, yeah. we got it in. What's with that? I'm, I'm guilty of this too. Not being a truck owner anymore. Like when I, when I got rid of my truck and I ended up with a sedan. You overestimate a lot of stuff. I remember <laughs> Sam and I bought like Adirondack chairs. Oh yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's easy. I'm like, oh my god, yeah, like that'll just fit in the back seat. You can just tip it this way and whatever. Like, yeah, it didn't work. It ended up like half in the trunk and then half strapped with the trunk strapped down. I I don't know what that is, but I see it a lot at Menards. Yeah, for sure. A short a trip, lot. just make it fit. Yep. Yep. You see, like. I see someone walking out with like one of those big garden um, shed things, and they like walk up to a a Kia. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this ought to be fun. I just want to sit there and watch them, you know. And then it's like, oh, then they have to take the whole thing apart, or they're just like, they'll like one dude's got a a big um, like chair kind of thing, like a for um outdoor furniture oh, thing. Yeah, and he's trying to fit it in the back seat of like a Dodge Neon. Yeah. And he's twisting it and turning it and looking. He'd stand back and scratch his head and he'd pick it up and flip it upside down. And I don't know if he ever got it in or not. It was, I just had to go, but it's, I don't know. What is it? I don't know. Just overestimate this stuff. Yeah. Optimism. I, optimism. That's what it is. Yeah. We're, we're going to make it work. We got this. I think I bought something at Menards once <laughs> and I'm like, this isn't going to fit and just walked it right back in and returned it. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't really? have a way to get this home. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta <laughs> say like, hold it at the front. I'll be back. No, no, it was, he just gave up. It doesn't fit. I no, I think it. eventually I just borrowed my dad's truck and, but went know. back and bought it again. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. It's you ever see someone like strap something to the top of their car and you know it's gonna fuck up their paint and shit. Oh yeah, I, that it just makes me like, like it's kind of like nails on a chalkboard or something. I I just like oh you poor bastard. Like why did you do that to your car? But whatever i guess they don't really care but it's like a nice car and someone's like just throw something up on top of it and ratchet yeah. straps it down I was through al- the doors i was always sketchy with stuff on the roof of cars you were yeah what'd you put on the roof of your car like my grandma it's now my dad's garage but my grandma used to have this giant aluminum canoe and it was huge i don't even know how long this thing was 18 feet wow it was fucking massive and it just had these little foam pads that's supposed to sit <laughs> On the roof, perfectly, yeah. perfectly, and then it just overhangs the rest of it, and you're supposed to tie it down. Yeah, so you got a big V tie going to the front and the back. Even just that was always sketchy. Did you use the foam pads? Huh? Yeah. Okay, to scratch it up. Huh? It didn't. Oh. But it was still sketchy as fuck. <laughs> you just look at it, you're like, this could go wrong quick. So I don't know. Have you put stuff on the roofs? 
I, we had like I know when we went over to uh, when we were going over to Michigan and stuff. One of the trips we had to have some like a, either a kayak or something strapped, yeah. and it was just we had a minivan, and it's just so loud. Mm. You know, what I mean, just oh, yeah, the, they're not. I don't know. So for any long trip, I didn't like to have it. Right, have it. You know, it's like oh, it's nice to have, but then you got to drive it somewhere, and it's like oh, just noisy. Yeah. So didn't you guys? Did you guys used to have? One of those rooftop carriers. We did. Yeah. So Maybe I, that's what it was. I borrowed that one time yeah. from you guys, and we went out west with it. And uh, we had a minivan or an SUV mm-hmm. or something, so we had it strapped down. But it was an older one, and it didn't fit real tight. The lid didn't fit real tight. Motherfucker whistled. Mm. It was a loud whistle. Maybe that's what it was. It was on the canoe. I think it was a rooftop carrier that was cheap and oh man, just noisy. That fucking thing was like it whistled so loud. We stopped like six times trying to fix that whistle because everybody in the in the rig were just like, "Oh my god, are you serious?" Duct tape, man. It was rough. It was rough. How much do those things actually hold? It was a fair amount. When you have a car full of kids, yeah, enough, and enough, enough. Yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it's like sleeping bags and stuff, you can squish a lot in there, yeah. and then cram the top down, and then flip the latches. You know, yeah. And that one definitely wasn't as arrowed. It was very boxy. It was super boxy. Um, it was like, yeah, it was not. Didn't have the nice curvature to the front. No. <laughs> but I mean, we did fit a lot up there. Oh yeah, you can fit. It, it's it was handy. Yeah. It was just annoying because so. the rest of the car was full. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So so if you're gonna invest in a rooftop carrier, you just get a good one. Get one that that cinches up tight. It's got good foam seal around the edges. You know, those ones. Because or oh, borrow it or yeah, borrow from a friend. Because how often do we use it? I probably used it twice. I don't yeah. know. Two different trips. Yeah. Try to find something. Yeah, I suppose. That was the thing. You know, you're young, you got a bunch of kids, you're trying to do oh, something. When you're, yeah. And then you got to buy a, a rooftop thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, when now, though. How like, much are those? When but now you just would buy it. Yeah. But it was now, like, back then, yeah. The kids are growing up. I don't know. The greatest part about, you know, those days is just borrowing shit because you didn't have to buy it, especially when you had a lot of good friends. Mm-hmm. Always like, hey, anybody got any of this? Speaking of which, I'm looking for some mint. You guys have mint in your garden? Mint? Mint. Negative. Mint? I have like herb. Like herb mint? Yeah, mint. Like a yeah. lot, though? Well, I I need a lot. lot. No, not a oh, lot. Okay, I need a lot. What, are you making some gum? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I got my chemistry set out, <laughs> and I'm making my own mint gum in my basement to hand out to my friends. Why do you need a lot? Friends. Why do you need a lot? <laughs> what are you doing with mint? Fucking gum. I love it. I'm trying to think. What do you need a lot of mint I'm for? Making, I'm making mojitos, oh. so I am... My company is sponsoring the the bar at Stephanie's open house for her photography studio oh, this sure. coming Wednesday. And uh, I'm making this. Bill and Arbogast and I are making an apple mojito. All right. And uh, and so I need, a, I need a, like a big wad of mint because we're going to muddle it. We're going to garnish with it. It's yeah. going to be fun shit. I think you're going to the grocery store, my friend. So if you I went to the grocery store and, and I can buy it. You know, you go to the grocery store and you want to buy fucking like mint, a right? Little it's this little tiny cellophane package. Mm-hmm. It's four like, pieces. yeah, there's like four stems of mint in there, and it's three twenty nine. Damn. And mint grow. It's a weed. Like, yeah, it, it really spreads. It's, so if somebody's it, got it. It usually starts spreading. Yeah. Everywhere. So, so if anybody listens to this on hey. Tuesday morning, <laughs> when Kyle drops this podcast, maybe he'll drop it early just for me. I think um, Monday afternoon is the no normal. Okay, so if you listen to this on Monday afternoon and you got a pile of mint that you don't mind parting with a good amount of it 
hit me up. You can find me on the Book of Face. I look at that once every day. Face page. Yeah. You could just make your own twist of it. I don't know, do like catnip. <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. I'm sure that <laughs> Stephanie's guests would like cat catnip. I'm just fucking there. around this morning. No, it's all good. It's all good. I like you fucking around. You're fucking around Kyle. Maybe maybe you're Kyle Crosby F.A. <laughs> That's what I think you are. <laughs> Today, my name is Kyle Crosby F.A. Yeah, right. Yeah. Certifications. I am. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just every letter of the alphabet. That's right. That's right. Say whatever every you want. Alphabet. You know, so going back to this uh, group of like this La Leche group. So, like, first off, I got to hand it to the ladies in that situation because they were like on it. They were always about bringing everybody together all the time. You know, if it wasn't for their like desire to like, they they worked really hard because as, as like honestly as one of the dudes of that community, when it all started, I was like, "What? Want to go where? Oh, all right, fine. Let's whatever. Let's go do it." You know. And then the kids were playing, and we'd play with the kids, and then it was like, then the, like it just kind of rolled, and we found the commonality, and we and the kids started to really get along, and and then it was like we did everything together. But I don't remember personally planning a hell of a lot. I think we were working. We were working. That's true. Yeah, we did a lot of that. We didn't plan a lot. No, we just showed up. I didn't plan a lot either. So mm-hmm. I know I was working. Yeah, I was and, working. Uh, yeah. Tell me where to go, where to be. Yeah. Yeah, what's the address? Yep. I'll be there. But it was like, honestly, like that that group has has had probably one of the largest impacts on my life. Mm-hmm that I could think about than any group I've ever been involved in. Seriously. Yeah. Because I think about all the great men and women that I met through that group and all the kids and how their connection have been with my kids. And it's really, truly incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how having, like, from coming from a place where I had, I didn't have family within 20 hours of here. Yeah. You know, and, like, you guys were my family. And is like just super special, super mm-hmm. special. We got all these photos. So we used to do this. Um, we used to get the, together for May Day. Okay, it's like May first, right? May Day. Yeah, yeah. Did the May pole. So they grabbed the little ribbons, and the kids would twist the ribbons around the pole and and go in and out. And it was just a. It was like uh, I don't know. It was like out of some kind of movie or something. It was just so idyllic. Everybody was just so fucking happy. Yeah. yeah, I mean the kids definitely were having fun. Yeah, you know, they were. Did you whip out your camcorder? <clears throat> no, but we took a lot of pictures. I don't. I don't. I didn't remember taking out a camcorder. Did anybody have any video of any of that? I'm not for sure. Who would have? I I I'm, I'm looking back at all the Kyle. You have no idea, so we'll just talk about. Yeah, no, yeah, no, please. no, go for it. <laughs> I know you guys did a lot of pictures. I'm trying to think when did camcorders start to go out and then your cell phone had all the video, you know what I mean? Well, I didn't have a cell phone at that but time, at that I don't time, think. Yeah. I think I had I had an iPod. No, I didn't even have an iPod back then. I was say 18 years ago at least. Yeah, right? I had a digital camera. I had one of the very it was a mm. Fuji digital camera, one of the very first ones. I was pretty proud of that. I took a lot of photos. Yeah, from when they were like all the girls' birthday parties to May Day to, like, they would build these little fairy huts. So this is, like, the the difference between our kids then and now. Like, their imagination, they they didn't watch TV. A lot of the families didn't, I mean, 
we didn't have a TV. Yeah. Mm. For a long time. Very long time. And yeah. then it's like, and it's weird because you have, you know, you got your four kids, right? And you're like, oh, no TV, no TV, no TV, you know. And then finally it's like, okay, I guess we'll get the TV. Or we had the TV, but it was always boxed up. Yeah. Well, ours, and, ours and had a blanket over it. did not watch it unless if we were doing like a family thing. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. It wasn't yeah. like on every morning on. Family you know movie I mean? night or something. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like special times. And when the TV was not in use, it was behind doors so it's not like yep. you see it all the mm-hmm. time you right. see yeah. that screen and uh you know the just holding out for so long mm-hmm. same thing with cell phones like holding out for so long but once one kid gets it Kinda whether it's that ipad or whatever it was yeah then it's like oh well now you're youngest and they're only two and the oldest is like eight you know what i mean or yeah whatever or 10 and four and it's just once you go down that slope once you get it everybody wants sure. it sure and it's hard going back. It's, gonna say, it's impossible going back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can't go back. You know what I mean? No. So it was like that's how we started out. Little probably rigid under some people's standards. Oh, it was definitely rigid for um, sure. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, the the kids had time to create and right. imagine, yeah. and go outside and do other things, and they weren't glued to their device for sure. And that's part of the sadness sometimes of seeing kids now of just like well everybody how much time are we spending on our device glued mm-hmm. <laughs> glued to the thing and uh as a chiropractor mm-hmm. have you noticed more like neck issues as people are just sitting there oh, staring yeah. down yeah, all the time it's like text neck you know yeah. they, they call it you text know I mean? neck text that's the term yep. wow yeah i've never i've never heard everybody's i mean you look at people's posture and they're always looking down and even eye issues of like because you're always holding something near and your eyes are like tracked in versus mm-hmm. like looking at the bird, looking at the clouds, playing catch with a ball, tracking. Yeah. You're on this thing close to you, pushing a button. Yeah. All the time. And it messes with your, your eye, sure. <laughs> eyes yeah, and brain we, and we, your wiring. You know what I mean? And then yeah. it's like, so I see that. I've seen that a couple of times with oh. kids of, and, and just the ability of, I don't know if you guys ever heard of like neuro linguistic programming NLP no. type of stuff of like how you kind of like put anchor words and stuff when you're trying to create change and stuff and in, in people's mindset and thinking. But when you have conversations with people, people have a tendency to look in certain directions and stuff like that. Like when they're trying to recall information. Oh yeah. But, um, you know, so you have your visuals where we tend to look up. So if they're looking up, they're thinking of something a visual learner, you have your auditory that they tend to look side to side. It's like, Hey, what did you do yesterday? Well, I, you know I mean? Mm, mm-hmm. They're recalling information. They're more an auditory listener or auditory learner. And then you have your kinesthetic where they're always like looking down, like they learn by doing things They mm. have to be active. So we should kind of have a balance. You might have a primary right of recall or how you learn and stuff. But that's also like when you're looking at, testing for kids yeah and how we're taught and it's like well a certain group will excel based on how they're taught and yeah tested. right because yeah. different kind of learners <laughs> you know yeah, but then if you're a kinesthetic oh you're in the remedial classes you don't no they just have to do it they have to be like physically doing it and mm-hmm. they're super smart they're right just you know what i mean so you have this like segregation of interesting people of how they learn and stuff now so, i'm gonna have to pay attention to where i look when i, I, I know where i look 
I always look up. Do you? Yeah. I kind of like, I'll, I'll look kind of off to the side, up to the side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where I yeah. look. Yeah. And you can kind of have your like primary characteristic and then secondary, you know, what are your two dominants yeah. or stuff like that. But anyways, I mean, when we're always looking down and stuff, that's where we're easy, but then we're not like looking up and kind of engaging some of those other brain functions. Right. You know? Yeah. So that's fucking badass. Like how much you that's, that's how that's connected to where your yeah. eyes look. And then you get older and then it's like going into like vertigo, you know, it's like, Oh, okay. people are having vertigo issues. Well, why? They're always looking down maybe because they're kind of numb. They're not feeling their feet. So they're always looking down so they don't, you know, stumble, huh. but then they're not channeling, <laughs> challenging looking up anymore. You know, when yeah. you're a kid, you're looking all over the place. So you're grabbing the bar in the jungle gym. You're swinging, you know, you're doing all these different things. You're throwing. And now what are our kids doing? Hopefully that, but don't, but they're not. not. I, I not as much. No, not, not as much. For sure not. Not as no, much. No, not and as much. So it leads to problems. Yeah, absolutely. Life is motion, and if you're not moving, then you're not engaging those parts of your body that need <laughs> need that to sustain optimum function. Yeah. Health. And so that's that's the importance of it, and, but we don't understand that stuff. Do we, Is it that we don't understand or we just don't want to pay attention to it because we're too busy? Like, we don't want to think about it. it. We don't understand we don't it. Know. Do you think they, do, do you think generations family. before us understood it? I think there was. Or do you like, think it was just natural? I think it was just natural. Okay. They didn't have to understand it. They had to do. They had to move because they had to survive. And in order right, to survive, just, you had to go hunt. Right. No. In order I, to survive, you right. had to go dig but roots. It in was. Order to it was like part of their way of life. So yeah. it was. It was. It was automatic. Yeah. It so was, what's happened is because of technology, which is great, mm-hmm. but uh, the detriment of it is we don't have to do things in order to survive right you know it's like we're not dying here because of starvation we're dying here because of overconsumption. yeah of crap right see i think i think people understand it. i just think they don't fucking care that's what i think partly yeah and maybe i understand like, enough to where it doesn't matter right, hey. right but it's like if you told somebody like if i bet if you took a poll and you said did you know that if you move your body and you exercise more and you're more active and you stay off the screens more, you're going to be healthier? And I bet you fucking 90% of people would be like, well, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think people understand it. Maybe not to the depth. Do? Huh? I, I do I think, think kids do. I think if you ask do. adults, yes. I think kids I don't know do if too. Kids understand I think they do. Too. Well, my kids do. Well, <laughs> I can tell do. them. But, but it's like, I. It's interesting. You should do a poll here. Yeah. That is interesting. Because I, that's my, my. So we're talking about generations that did move and now we introduce technology. So they got it later. So they have a, a knowing because of how they lived and now what they're doing now. So, Versus so where's your timeline? You, where's your you, age cut? What off? I'm saying, well, you have a kid born now and they have a screen in front of their face at day one. Right. Those kids, I don't know if they will know that if you move more, you're healthier. So... So, it, in so our, in we've our had poll, cell phones now around no, I, the last 10 years, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, heavy. More, more, well, yeah, heavy use, but even even well, longer iPads. than that. Yeah. No, so, it's yeah. Like, yeah. so I think for a certain point, they wouldn't know that. But, at, I mean, the science is there. It's not like it's an unknown fact and it's mm-hmm. not proven. So, like, so when at they, some when point, they there's going to be an what, education what grade? point. What grade do you think it is? Like fourth or fifth grade? Yeah. I, I mean, they, they've got FIAD, right? So they've got PE class, and there's a reason for that. Right, they're doing it. Do you think at that point they're just like, "This is dumb. Why am I doing this?" Because it doesn't make a difference. Or do you think they're like, "Yeah, I should be moving," 
No, I, I, do. I don't. I don't think it's an. It's a. I should be. I think it's. I have all this energy because classrooms are going to all screens anyways. Yeah, I, I don't think they understand that. Yeah, that's one thing I don't think they get is when they're sitting there and they're balls of energy. I don't think they understand like why it is that when they get out of class and like when they're zooming all around and they're just got all this nervous energy. I don't think they understand that part of it. Right. Because like even Dylan, like my, my youngest son who's going to be 15 and the end of August, he's like telling me, he's like, Oh, well I just, you know, went to sleep at like midnight, you know? And then I woke up again at like 3am. I don't know why. And it's like, well, because your fucking brain is still on fire from all the shit you've been watching on videos and YouTube and video games, but your body's exhausted, but your brain's overpowering your body's like, why am I going to go to sleep now? Cause I'm really tired now. It's cause you're beyond that exhaustion point. Like your brain can't overpower your body anymore because your body's done, you know? And it's like, it's, he, he doesn't put those two together. He just thinks, Oh, I just, I'm in a bad sleep cycle, but it's like, no, like that's not the way it works. You know, you know better than I do because you've been studying this, but it's still, it's just like if, and I know that's like what I tell my kids a lot is like, if you spend all your fucking day looking at a screen and your mind's constantly stimulated all the time with this uh, false stimulation or, or like not artificial stimulation, mm-hmm. then your body's got all this stored energy, but your mind is getting tired. But then when you get out of the chair, it's like you're now you're fighting against each other because your mind's tired, but your body's got energy. And then it goes vice versa. Then your body's mm-hmm. tired and your mind's got energy. And it's just like, it's such an unnatural state of being. And, and so it's well, like, it's just a screen. It's like a stimulant or it's like a sedative, you know I mean? People fall asleep or people just, it's, once you turn a screen on your brain activity diminishes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exponentially. That's, that's, you know I mean? We dumb down. So, yeah, that's what they say. As a society, we are... And I'm um, guilty of it, too. You know, I was like, I go home late, and it's like, oh, let's watch an episode. When's the last time I I should be reading a book? You know, I mean, the reality, it's easier to turn on a screen. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I was was just talking a couple episodes. Oh, I'm reading reading the New York Times on my phone, or I'm, oh, then you get drawn into something else, or here's an email. You know, I mean, versus, like, it's almost better to have that book and have that piece of paper or have that, you know, at least then you're, it's, I don't know. It's the pluses and minuses of technology and we'll make it through. Our species will survive. It will just be. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. We'll adapt. <laughs> what do you Bi- think that biology. like, I, I think that our planet is like trying to whip our ass right now. Yes. I think that's what's happening. Like what we've, I understand like humans have had a, a certain amount of effect on our planet. And, but I think that the like a lot of the shit that's going on is like Mother Earth is just fucking tired of us. So she's like, "All right, I'm gonna fuck you guys up a little bit. See if you can change your attitudes." You know, we're getting a spanking from Mother Earth right now. And it's like in in uh, like the wildfires out west, then you got floods, and then you got fucking um, drought, then you got rising sea levels. And you got freaking tornadoes and shit coming through Baraboo. It's like everywhere you turn around, everything's getting crazier. Everything's getting more active. The 100-year floods are coming every 10 years. The droughts are longer and drier. The heat is more oppressive or the cold is colder. It's like it's really strange. It's really strange right now. Our environment and and our weather patterns and, and like what is happening in our world. Have you seen... 
these little fucking fuzzy little bugs, these fuzzy aphids that are flying around now. Yeah, they're white, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it looks like a little teeny tiny piece of cotton. The first time I saw one, I thought someone was having a fire and like there was some ash coming down, but then it was like moving around, flying. Yeah. I've never seen one of those in my life. I've seen them a couple of years ago. Really? Yeah. yeah. I've, I, I don't ever recall seeing those ever. I'm 43 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, what is it that's making them big, a big deal this year? They're everywhere. Mm. You know, have you noticed how big the fucking plants and trees and shit are growing this year? Do you notice that? My yard is brown because it's dry as shit. So <laughs> no, <laughs> but, but like the plants, like your shrubs, do you have shrubs? Uh, like we have hostas. Okay. How are your how are your hostas looking? I don't know. I don't pay you attention to Sam no. So okay. So if coming from a guy who pays attention to shit, I would say L E landscape expert. Yes. There you go. L E. I'm 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 back to Ike Landman L E. Um I would say things are growing at like a thirty percent faster rate this year than any year I remember. Wow. As long as I've been doing landscaping. That like my uh, my crews are busier just pruning and weeding and cleaning things up. Trees are growing so much faster. I, I did notice trees because we cut back our trees a lot this winter, and they're just they've taken off. Yeah, it's it, it feels almost tropical. We're getting this oppressive heat, and then we'll get two and a half inches of rain. Then we get this oppressive heat, then we get two and a half inches of rain, and it's just like it's so wild to me, like the difference in in what the landscape is doing right now. It's like things are changing so much. Things are like environmentally. It's just, I don't know what it's going to be There's like. There's groups around that talk about that. Oh, yeah. I know there are. You Are you part of one, aren't <laughs> no, you? No. Aren't, weren't you? No, it's too depressing to me. Really? Yeah. Why is it depressing? Because I have no control over it. There's so many people making choices and it's way big. You know, all I can do is I compost my food. I recycle my mm. recycling try to be mindful of how far things are traveling so we're not over consuming and you know but at the same time it's like well i got a seminar over here i gotta fly you know i mean it's not Mm -hmm. like and it's it's depressing because we've known about this for years and it was outlined back in the 50s of Mm -hmm. guys we should probably be making change well and that could all be oh is this a scam is this you know Mm -hmm. you know that type of stuff but I think we're living through it and we're going to live through it for the next 50 to a hundred years. And who knows if we're at that tipping point or not. So that's why it's depressing. That's depressing because I guess I want the world to be a better place for my kids. Mm -hmm. And you're going to see a lot of pressures coming down. Yeah. So that's the depressing part. Hmm. So I can only do my part. That's all anyone can do. Really? How do you feel about Kyle? echo michael's sentiments there i uh yeah just it's more of a worry for the kids but i don't think the environment or the world stuff is like the top worry for my kids right now <laughs> like there's a it's lot. like too far out that it's hard to give a yeah. lot of energy to so yeah um well and, it's and like you, you're like dude quit yeah and you read different studies and it's like is this a normal cycle of just the planet and biology? Well, normal cycle, but it, like to your point earlier, like you can only do so much, but really it's the impact you as an individual have is so minuscule compared to like a whole. Yeah. 
Like there was one study that was like if the U.S. entirely as a country eliminated 100% of carbon emissions, like the effect it would have over the next like 100 years is like 0.1 degrees. Yeah, well, and it's like then you have where's the major population you got exactly China, yeah, yeah india yeah. africa all those nations yep. are yeah. growing so why are they not going to like take the shortcuts like the u.s and europe did? right well they, so years just, ago they, you know what i mean yeah it's it's like so that's when you look at like the big picture of hopefully there will be wisdom prevails and yeah. changes will happen but the reality is right and large corporations and large so like regarding groups. environment like that it's like yeah i think you do the personal response, the personally responsible stuff, just because. Ike always yells at me because I confuse moral and ethical and stuff like that. But <laughs> I do not yell. It, it's quit yelling, Ike. I know. Like Such the ethical part of you is like, yeah, I'm just gonna do the right thing. Or the moral part, which one is it, Ike? Do the right thing. Yeah. Even though it's gonna have probably well, zero impact. Well, we went over this, Kyle. I know, but. My active your, listening your, ears weren't your, on. Your morals <laughs> are, your, to, are your, right over here. <laughs> you're going to have to have morals and have it written. So <laughs> then morals and be... ethics. Your morals are your personal boundaries. Like the things that, that you believe in personally that that mean mostly to you. Okay. Ethics, I think, are more how that how the way you, what you do affects the world. Like your ethical, like how you how you represent yourself to the world okay. is part of your ethics. So then your either one applies. Personal. Either one applies here. But like. Just on a personal level, like, yeah, you're going to do right by you, but there's an understanding, like, it's not going to do shit. And I say that, but then I fire up my 23 horsepower rider and mow my lawn for 20 minutes. Notice you had to say 23 horsepower. And I can't say that it doesn't, it doesn't (laughs) not like do anything because I mean, everything that we do influences everyone else. Sure. So, So, I mean, certainly it's just a lead by example. But you know, like, well, you're not United Airlines. Right. And their choices are going to have a greater impact as a company. You know, any large company, you're not Amazon. You know, I mean, any large company, when the companies start getting behind because it's starting to affect their profits and stuff like that. Right. That's where the, you'll see the changes happen, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, you just keep modeling the, the behavior. Hopefully, everyone else models it, and it slowly goes up the food chain. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah, maybe not. We've, we have lost our ability to be tribal as a society. Like, we are tribal in, in ideology. We are tribal in, um, in, like, how we spend our money. But we are not tribal as in how we take care of one another, how we support one another, how we support our home, how we support our planet. We're not tribal that way. And it's like, and it's, we're so individualistic, especially in the West, that the the actual ability for us to come together to hold and make an impact, like you said, if the entire United States is like 0.1% or 0.1 degree, is that what you said? Yeah. 0.1 degree in temperature, whatever the stat is. It's, it's minor compared to what the world is doing. But it's like, if if we were tribal in the United States and we could all support the same goal, then it's like, it wouldn't be depressing at least. It would feel like we're doing something. You know, everybody would be trying to go for the same thing to making the world better for our kids and their kids and their kids. Mm-hmm. And so it's, um, I think it like lends back to quality of life, like for people, if we were able to come together 
and actually support the whole, like the main goal together. But we're not. And and honestly, our our world, our country specifically, is not built on that. We we squashed that when we came here. Yeah, I but I think on an individual level, like an individual citizen level, there's a consciousness of it's relatively easy to do small things that could make an impact, like recycle or yeah, but even, recycling's bullshit. The yeah, whole, then you the, hear that too. Yeah, it's See, total fucking it's like, bullshit. Oh, well, you can separate it, but then when this goes to the places, they're just combining everything. Okay. Or, yeah, you we, know what I mean. It's so I don't know because I didn't follow the the recycling truck and where yeah, it goes and how yeah. it got processed. Maybe I have to do that someday. Well, but I've there's documentaries out there saying uh, doesn't matter. I don't know. What's your take, Ike? You, you sound like you got an opinion on that. I don't know. I was so fucking rudely interrupted. I was just. You weren't interrupted. <laughs> the conversation happens. I okay, can flip but, him shit as much as I want. That's my but job. You, so you you don't think like if you went to individuals in like on a majority standpoint that most of them are in favor of, oh, yeah, if sun or solar panels are becoming a thing, like if it was an affordable option, I'd probably get solar panels if. Like I feel like there's a trend happening. I don't. At think least it in would this be country, grow solar right now. They got the program. You know about that, right? Yeah, been people have stopped at my house four times. The problem is that that program's a scam. What? It's a scam. I, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's it doesn't give. It's just it, it's financing them through them. But that's my. So problem. I know a guy who the, did the that. The Sauk County one. Well, I don't know about the Sauk County one. Okay, so people Sauk who County stop by your like, house and sell them. The Sauk County program. Because this is the second round of it. Because they did it two years ago, or mm-hmm. and um, and basically it's kind of like you know every it's time bulk you pay, buying, right? Yeah, it's yeah. bulk buying. So the more people that buy in, get right. a greater discount. And um, so a buddy of mine did it. Yeah, he bought into it. He put the solar up, and he said it ended up being like a third more than they said it was going to be, which is a fairly large amount when you're talking about in the thousands, mm-hmm. right? And he's like, he said there were all these big discounts, and it was going to be this and this and this. But then when they got it all installed and everything was done, like, well, the discounts really didn't quite show up the way we thought it was going to show up, and this, and so it was, it was a significant amount more than what he thought it was going to be when he got mm. it put in. Yeah, it's like he, I don't think it's like an intentional scam, but I think there's some knowledge when they're telling you what they can do for you that there's a chance, like there's a. Maybe it's just a 50-50 chance that you're going to get all these kickbacks. Because we did our business in our house, and it's kind of like I got the quote on it. So mm-hmm. you got the quote and the dollar amount, and then if there's more people that buy in, then that price would come down. Okay, well, when he got his quote and dollar amount, it ended up being more. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and so I'm just saying, like, I think people are for it. It's just not a f- as affordable yet at for the everyday person mm-hmm. like i don't have 10 grand to put up solar panels on my house in order to save 10 grand over the next 25 years exactly well I have, am i going to be here for 25 years yeah, you know what i mean like yeah. that payback so you know our buddy bill everybody knows yeah. Bill. um he's a solar guy we talked about that yep. a little bit on, on the on the episode this last one he was on and he was saying i think he said it on the episode that Solar isn't as big of a deal here because the payback on solar isn't near sure. what it is. Oh, for sure, what it is like in Florida or yeah. California when energy is so expensive, mm-hmm. or Texas. I don't. Well, I don't know if energy is expensive in Texas. Texas is fucking weird. Well, and it. Well, they're you they're know all thing right. It, well, they're connected. They're connected to the other power supplies from. Uh, there's there's like four in the United States, and they're one of them. And they're connected to two of them for emergency use only, mm. but that's it. But what I say they're crazy is like 
every time I've gone to Texas, it's so fucking hot. It's so dry. It's always sunny. They're, you know, they, they'll like it. Their rivers run dry, but they don't do like rainwater collection. Mm. They don't do solar, but they're cranking their ACs 24 7, 365. And it's like, I don't understand that at all. Like when I, I was there and I'm like, you guys could just like have a giant underground tank to put water in when it does rain. You could pump, you could put all this water in this huge tank and then filter it and use it for washing dishes or watering this or whatever you want to do, taking, you know, use it for the toilet. But they don't do any of that. Mm. None of it. It's, a, it's amazing. It's like, I, I don't understand why not. Or solar. I, didn't, I saw very few solar panels down there. And it's just like, it's an odd thing to me to live in a place like that and not be taken advantage of. Yeah. But in Wisconsin, yeah. I think that, I bet you, I bet you, you wouldn't get 50% of people that would say they'd put solar on even if it was affordable. Like they'd rather spend their money on something else. Because the payoff is takes a long time to pay. Okay, it off and, would you make your house accessible if the the energy company wanted to plaster house roofs with it and they paid for it? There's no cost to you, other than the fact that you're oh sure, if someone else plus. is going to pay for it. So at least the mindset is there's a willingness to go to alternative energy sources. If yeah, well, yeah. you can even choose that even on your electric bill to like say, oh, I want my energy to go towards new wind or solar yeah. farms, yeah. and you pay just a little bit more, or or you just say i want this portion of the bill sure you like i you can do that on your electric bill i don't know if you guys know that i I didn't know that yeah um mark told me about that a long time hk yeah Mm. and um so you can do that on your business and usually or your home and there's just something that and there's always a portion of the bill that's going towards or from the electric companies that goes to focus on energy to make your house more efficient. Sure. It's lighting. Mm-hmm. You know, really, that's the biggest thing. First is weather stripping, especially mm-hmm. up here. You know, like, is yeah. your house efficient? Are things tight? Yeah. <laughs> Are you yeah. efficient lighting? You know, I mean, making those efficient appliances before you go on to, like, solar panels. Right. You know, I mean. Um, I can tell you if I ever build a house, though, a- there will be solar on that house. And I'll have giant fucking battery somewhere. My whole house will run off that battery. Get the new Ford truck. I know. I could run my house for three days. You could <laughs> run your house for three days on a Ford truck? Yeah, I mean, you got to pay to get the energy into the truck first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can use it as a backup generator or whatever. It's that's, pretty that's sweet. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty sweet. It's pretty awesome. In I theory, have, yeah. In theory, since it's not here yet. Yeah, but I think there's environmental concerns to wrap up this portion. But I feel like as a parent with very young kids, I have more cultural and society concerns about their future than the environment. Because I feel like in a general sense, at least in the United States, there's a trend to go towards more eco-friendly things. Well, and the trend is, yeah, absolutely. And for us, where we live, we live in an ideal location, given we have the big Lake Michigan and water supply, you know, versus some other parts of the country. Where things are drying up, you know, right. water tables are disappearing, you know, like yeah, the whole a- Texas and Oklahoma, you know, I mean, down there is, it's scary on like water issues. Yeah, I guess I, I didn't even think of that. Oh, yeah. We are, we are pretty in, lucky. They're in, that in trouble. Yeah. They're in trouble because so. the Colorado rivers are going to run dry. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you see all these people, like, you know, all the people moving out to Phoenix and 
yeah vegas and you know i mean just yeah. this these areas that are exploding in population because of the climate and yeah. you know they spray the golf field they can play golf every day mm-hmm. but at the same time i was like well where's the water coming from you know right. i mean mm-hmm. and they're not preserving you know i mean there, some of those communities there, are really the, yeah, they they do really look at water conservation phoenix has a has an amazing water conservation mm-hmm. program where they take gray water and they they use it for for uh, irrigation and they use it for a lot of different mm-hmm. things like they use yeah. it like all their city buildings are run off of gray water for the toilets and all of that like mm-hmm. they they're the the movement one of the leaders so. like like you said the movement is there people are aware they're like it we're we're heading in the right direction and I think part of the only reason we're heading in the right direction is because we've started like putting our money. In, in that direction. So corporations that want our money start have to kowtowing to what people want. You know, it's like, it's, that's, I think that's where the movement comes from is all about dollars. If people weren't spending their money, if they were still buying all the super mm-hmm. shitty environmentalist companies products, they just keep doing it. You know, I think it's all about money at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. That's so why about. there's a huge push from domestic car manufacturers. Everything's going electric because... That's where the government dollars is telling them to go. Yeah, and how long has the electric car been around? It's been around forever. Like there yeah. were there were car shows in well, Chicago and Detroit auto power. shows. Yeah, Detroit and auto shows. There were people who invented electric cars like in the fifties. Yeah, and people bought their patents and destroyed them, or or they were in some fucking vault somewhere at Ford Motor Company or whoever bought it and said they weren't going to let it out. There's been stories. I don't know if the ones of like the like there was. They said there was a guy that made a uh he bought built a motorcycle that ran on water and it was at like an auto show and mm-hmm. somebody somebody bought it and then stuck it away they were not going to let it get that the information was not going to get out <laughs> so there's if there's way if, if something's going to cause a, a billionaire to lose some money oh can't have that they just need to talk to the guy from back to the future he ran that shit on garbage. He yeah. did. Yeah, the flux capacitor. We only, <laughs> if only everybody had a flux capacitor, we'd be, we. oh, could you imagine? We just, like, the, the garbage dumps, people would start, like, the people who dug dug the dump, they'd, people would start having to pay to go to the dump to fill up their car with yeah. garbage. Yeah. Wouldn't that be sweet? That would be sweet. That'd be cleaning up the environment. <laughs> Throw it in there. Nicely done, Kyle. Boom. Count it. Count it. Have you ever driven an electric vehicle? Like yes. an all electric, like a Tesla's? Tesla. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Did you like it? Yeah. Yeah. Was it fast? Um. Yeah. Was it weird not hearing anything? It's just. It's a clean. Yeah. Like the Teslas are just a super clean car. You know, what I mean, just they're. Yeah. See, I'm going I, back to this I thing. Like it. No, uh, that's that's kind of like you know needs and wants. My wants, like little, like okay, the Tesla. The, yeah. The, the Ford truck, I don't know. I like that's, that Ford truck. I would, I would, I would switch over to electric Ford truck if it could do what I needed it to do. Yeah, for my for my work and everything, I think it'd be amazing. You get a frunk, a frunk. Yeah, everybody needs a frunk. Yeah, they do. Yeah, it's the size of a regular trunk, Ike. I know, but it's but you got a frunk and a bed on a Ford truck. So the battery's under your ass. Is that where it is? Yeah, I think they put them on the. It's usually like the bottom of the frame, the yeah. whole bottom of the frame. Some of these newer ones are like even integrated up into the frame and stuff like that. But like molded so they yeah. can get more battery in there. Mm-hmm. So, but in a truck, like an electric truck, you would have to almost um, 
have some really good protection of that battery because right. it's like if you're if if it's a truck it's four-wheel drive it's designed to be off-road you know you'd like if you're gonna go on a like a full four service trail and there's a rock in the road or something and you hit it you're gonna have to have a really tough skid plate or something underneath there to not damage the battery for sure because you don't want to fuck that up because then then like mm-hmm. yeah i mean i anything, bet you those engineers thought that out i would hope so I'm, I'm sure they did they probably got some some cool dudes that know how to drive four-wheel drive trucks to test it out um throw some rocks at it make sure it lasts yeah well they don't throw things at them anymore after elon musk broke the window <laughs> this in his cyber truck you know, so the i i heard an interview with him and he said that the reason that the window broke is because they've been throwing that fucking ball at it all day or they smashed the or they hit the thing with the sledgehammer the door yeah and it had like a micro crack in it or something like that. yeah so you said they've been like whipping that steel ball at the glass all fucking day yeah and and like he's like maybe we shouldn't have used the one we were throwing it at all day when we wanted to do our demonstration, it's like fuck. Yeah, that's what that was a bad that was bad PR right there. Mm-hmm. You know, look how tough my shit is. And breaks in front of all the world to see. He didn't seem to care though. No, he. I don't think he cares about a lot. Good. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, yeah. It's he knows it's badass. Yeah, he does know it's badass. The fuck is up with billionaires? They just know their shit's badass. Yeah, just well with Elon Musk, didn't he? Doesn't he make shit just because? Like, didn't he make a flamethrower yeah. just to say he made a flamethrower? Yeah, he wanted, a, and then he sold it not as a flamethrower. Yeah, he sold it as something else because he couldn't sell it as a flamethrower because you would, unless you're a military, you can't sell a, a flamethrower. But yeah, he he built a flamethrower because he thought it'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, and they, they, he was like something for like twelve hundred dollars or something like that, and he like sold every single one of them. Yeah, yeah. but. When you, he, so what he says is that he gets these ideas and he goes to all his really smart people and he's like, "Hey, can you build this?" And they just fucking build it. How cool would that be? Yeah, to be that guy to just be like, have a have an idea. How many fucking amazing ideas have we had on this podcast? <laughs> and just be like, "Yo, team, you just need get the on it." Dollars to have the engineers all do it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, just, can we just get on his dime? Like, yeah, that'd be sweet. This eps or this podcast sponsored by Tesla. All of our ideas. No. <laughs> come to fruition that'd be pretty sweet <laughs> boy i i'd just be i'd be dropping ideas all day <laughs> i'd be like i'd have the list of ideas <laughs> it'd be it'd be sweet so i saw this meme um it was uh you guys know the meme where there's two buttons a red yeah, button and a blue button i saw you guy, share this guy's like swiping the sweat off his head because he doesn't know which button to hit and it says feed all the hungry people in the world or spend 10 minutes in space <laughs> and it's like how how fucking wild is it that like i has it all like it's i think it used to be that the really really rich people did all their crazy rich shit just kind of in private like they didn't they didn't like splash it around the mm. world as much and now like these people are spending 30 40 50 million dollars to just be on this thing for 10 minutes of flies in the space and back when when there are so many people that that will never see half of that in their, in their life, from beginning to end, that's that's yeah. so fucked. There's that's, something about that's that the is benefit like, of being a would whatever he is multi hundred billionaire. Do what the fuck you want. But that's it, though. That's you don't think it's fucked up that 
that that's the way our, our society works. That he can do it or that he advertises he does it? No, that like, that like, so if, if Jeff Bezos wants to take his $166 billion or whatever and build a spaceship, um, then whatever. But it's like when he starts selling seats on his spaceship for $50 million a pop for someone to spend 10 minutes in space mm-hmm. and he sells them at 12 at a crack. So all these people are going to space. The billions of dollars that get spent in the process of these people going to space compared to like you could take one of those people and take the money they spent going to space and you could fucking educate, you could feed, you could get, I don't know if I'd say people out of poverty because like you can't fix that with money, but you could, you could do so much with like, you, you could create more clean energy. There's so many things you could do with that money that would like be of a much greater impact than 10 minutes in space. So I think it's just kind of this, I think it's kind of like a big fuck you a little bit. I think it's, I think it's someone who has the ability to fulfill a dream they had. They've done that and now they're going to monetize it because he's a businessman at the end of the day. I'm not talking about him. I know somebody has that dream of going into space. Okay. Well, the 18 year old kid that went. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's his lifelong dream to go to space. That's it might be a dream. Yeah. You said if you were given the opportunity, you'd take it. If so, yeah, but <laughs> if, if somebody I, paid if, for your ticket, would you go? If I, if I, if someone said, if I'll give you either $50 million and I'll pay for your ticket to space so you can take the $50 million and go do this with it, I would not go to space. I would spend it doing something better than that. Yeah. What if they didn't give you a choice? Say, I got a ticket for you to go to space. Do you want to go? Well, sure. Okay. Yeah. But you know that it costs $50 million for you to go. Hmm, that's a good question. You didn't say that the first time. I know. I just switched it up. You switched I'm it up. I'm first seeing, would you go? Yeah. I mean, if, yes, he, he, would if go, he said, we are sending this rocket you know to space. know how much it takes. We're sending this thing that's to space. We can either fill it with 12 people or it can go up empty. Regardless if it Do goes up. Do you want to be one of those 12? Yeah. Regardless if it goes up or not, it's going to cost $50 million to send this thing. It's sponsored by the government. It's called NASA. If, if Our NASA, tax dollars if, spend if, billions of dollars sending people into space and to the moon. I don't know. I don't know if... if yeah, if, we if, did. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm talking about me. I'm not okay. talking about NASA. Well, I'm I just saying that part. So we've been doing this for... It's not about the poverty. It's about pushing limits to the next level. I understand, but those people aren't pushing shit. They're not. This is my opinion. I understand it's not, it's the unpopular one in the room, but no, it's just saying, I I don't want to be, I don't know that person that went and I was like, so I don't know enough. So I don't want to be ignorant of that person. That's fair. And why they're doing what they're doing, nor do I know maybe the nonprofits that they have and how much money they spend towards other Mm -hmm. things. So I'm making a judgment on one instance or one choice that they're making without knowing that person. And or all the other good that they may do or may not be doing. I don't know. That's a good point. That's, yeah. So that's I don't fair. want to make a judgment on them because I don't know. That's that's a fair point. And 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 you're right you're right in that. So if it's I so, want to look at that one action, then I would say, Yeah, that's a lot of fucking money that person's spending. But I don't know. They might be spending money on a lot of good things too. I don't know. They they might be. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 
if they have worked for it and earned it and created the world in a way. And I don't know, it's kind of like the business model that we live in. Then who am I to say what they've earned the right to do or not do? So, so I'm, like I'm, I'm, I'm a business person. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I've been in poverty <laughs> and, and I've been in times where things are much more successful. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be judging others and what they're doing. Cause like I know people that are doing things with their money that I would say they could be doing a lot better things with their money, but this is their life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I do. You know, are you going to go to McDonald's or are you going to go get a salad? You know what I mean? Are you going to get soda every day? Or are you going to get water? I don't, you know what I mean? It's like people spend money on different things all the time. Who am I to judge what they should be doing and not be doing and, you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. So it's kind of a hard hard predicament of, yeah, there's a lot of money out there and we're spending a lot of stuff on wrong things or good things, you know, but the world beats on. Hopefully we make better choices over time, but it's unrealistic. How do you, what, do you, what do you mean better choices over time? Supporting well, everybody. How is that better? It's their personal choice. No, so if it's you're not saying your it's better than you having a judgment. It's not your personal choice if you're born into poverty and your parents left you on the side of a street. But then if you make a billion dollars and you want to spend your money how you want to spend it and it's not on poverty, then... No, I'm a, just saying, hopefully over time, people as a society will make better choices, but it's kind of... Well, but, okay. And and you're, I, you're, that's very, it's a very valid, fair point. And I agree with you. It's, and and it's like, to me... Having a judgment on the individuals who they are as an individual, I don't know them. You're right. I just see that, like, as a whole, the 12 people, however much it costs to, for mm-hmm. all those 12 people to go into space for 10 minutes, that, like, there's uh, there's more value. Like, if it was for, like, NASA and space exploration and they're doing scientific experiments and they're doing all that shit to see what's next out there for us, mm-hmm. that's one thing. That I totally makes sense to me, and I understand it's my idea, and it would what it makes sense to me, and not you or Kyle or mm-hmm. the people in space. What doesn't make sense is spending a billion dollars to float around for ten minutes in space, and then come back down, and then what? Like, well, what's the what's the point? We don't know what's the point. Is sometimes when you talk about astronauts and stuff, mm-hmm. and the biggest impact is for them to look back at our planet and see that yeah but they're not, not astronauts stop stop you're not letting me finish man you don't let me finish either so this is where we do this <laughs> I'm so just sitting here quietly no, you can keep going <laughs> the astronauts talk about when they look back at the planet and they see that, like there are no boundaries there's no borders we're all just one big group mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to survive on this one planet and we only have one planet that we're all on mm-hmm. so how do you know that this billionaire kid or whoever goes up spends how much money to go up isn't going to be impacted to maybe make better choices going forward. I don't money. So why would I fault it? Why would I say, hopefully they're inspired to see that? Well, you just did a couple minutes ago. You said they'd make better choices next time. You said, hopefully in the future, they make better choices. As a, what do you mean? You just said, (laughs) I don't even know what I said. Oh, so now, now he's going to be pretend like he didn't say it. 
You Kyle, said, can you re, re, can you rewind? And we don't need to rewind. He can. He can. Let, I tell me what I said. Uh, you no, were okay. you were implying as a society we make better choices, and I yeah. I think what you're trying to say is like with all the money in the world, like people are still gonna have well, fun. Yeah. Hopefully, we make spend better the money. choices. How much money do we want to spend on national defense versus like yeah? You know, I mean, there's so, some countries. There's so many arguments with things. there's so yeah, many arguments. There's a lot this. of arguments, and I'm gonna I'm gonna call you out. Like, I feel call like you're out. trying to trip up Michael. <laughs> I feel like you're trying to pinhole him into something. <laughs> but like one argument would say, okay, civilians made something's things that go into space mm-hmm. a lot more efficiently yep. than the government did, spending tenfold what they spent. So there's a lot of arguments as far as that. You could say, did Elon Musk have to send satellites in the space? And he just... It's all a judgment. It's, it's, all, all, a, it's judgment. all a judgment. Yeah, it but is. But maybe in his mind, Starlink could bring internet to the corners of the world and yep. change their lives forever. So maybe he's bettering society that way. And so I think at the end of the day, yeah. Long-term, short-term. Without knowing what they spend their money on, because I don't. All I know is Bezos has ridiculous amounts of money, and if you're totally against it, stop fucking buying on Amazon. No, no, I, I, <laughs> no, I, I'm not against it. I'm not against him. I'm not against what he does. I, I'm, I just think there's a there's a ridiculousness of it. There's a there's like a um, it's an for so many people in the world, it's, a, it's an unfathomable number. Yeah, for sure. And and in a in a world full of so much suffering that there's an unfathomable number of of people that could get a really great education for the inside of one 18-year-old kid to see the earth. You know, so if you could educate 10,000 kids and and replace that with the inside of one 18-year-old kid seeing the earth from space, does the is the value the same? You know, and for me, it's not. And that's okay. It's mm-hmm. my judgment. I'm not saying that they're bad people. I'm not saying that they have made poor choices with, with whatever they're doing. It's their choice. And I'm 100% about people get to choose what they want to choose. I'm just saying my personal idea on, on like the ideas of like where we invest. So you're, not, you're not for space tourism? Not a, not, I'm not, I don't know about that. I think it's. Well, it costs millions of dollars to go up for space tour. You know, they're. Basically, trying to create an industry that hopefully right, they're trying to monetize ten to twenty it. years from now. Oh, there's a space hotel you can take yeah. a again. A I feel like I feel like this there. Is, it's, so it's it, long term. That's what the vision. That's yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, and again. then we can use that as segue to Mars or yeah. the Moon. That's so fair. They're trying to create space tourism. Space tourism. Yeah, they're yeah. trying that's to create an doing. industry, and I feel like they're trying to create it because they had a dream to go into space. Yeah, and then it's a way you can justify the cost of spending all that money to get yeah. you into spaces by yeah business modeling it essentially because there's more and more millionaires willing to do it and i guess there's enough yeah. tickets to sell so if there's enough people that want to do it but at the same time because what are we all doing we're all on our phones pushing the next button buying the mm-hmm. emoji pin yeah. or well who knows what the, the next Pokemon what the future holds or, it might be so, so efficient that we're fucking gonna jensen's this shit in the future gonna what jensen's the jets jet- jetsons jetsons jensen's jet 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 jetsons yeah jetsons yeah. you're such a kid I so Did I've you never, watch the Jetsons? I haven't. See, seen that's it. what I'm saying. That's what I knew. I fucking it's knew it. Jetsons. Yeah. Jetsons. Yeah. Jetsons. Flying around in their personal jets. Yeah. yeah, man. You know the jet. You know the Jensons where their feet came out of the bottom of the car. <laughs> that's the Flintstones. <laughs> <laughs> 
But you know what I'm saying. I do. I do know what you're saying. I do. But I also, what you're I also saying. get your point. Like, yeah, if I had fifty million dollars sitting in my hands right now, I wouldn't be burning it to go to space once. But yeah. for 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 Bezos, fifty no, million dollars is for him. It's nothing. It's a drop, drop in a bucket. A drop in a bucket. Yeah, right. and 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 maybe for the people that went on that plane or, or jet or whatever the fuck it was that to Michael's point. Might be a drop in a bucket for them too. They may be spending just as much money on philanthropic things around the world, and that's fantastic. I'm just, yeah, we don't know that. Yeah, it's, we don't know just, what. Yeah, we don't know but, anything. And so, yeah, I, you had a valid point, and and it's like, I don't want to come off as, I'm, but judging them personally, I just see how like, I I personally feel in myself that that money, as opposed to going to, you know. 12 people to go to space for the 10 minutes in space. It's mm-hmm. like the perspective of educating 10,000 kids. Well, or maybe me. like the philosophy, you know, when we talk about morals and ethics, like your principles would be around, let's take care of our people on this planet before we start leaving. It. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And, but I would say probably this is an assumption from the super rich standpoint, you know, they got already got their own Island. Well, if the waters start going up, then their island disappears. No. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to have their own private space station. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's like. Yeah, they're they're looking out for themselves. They're looking out for themselves. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Again, without knowing. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Without knowing what they do already. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I, I have no problem. You see, you see ultra rich tend to have places where you know quick out to get away if yeah the country yeah. goes under or mm-hmm. i have or whatever, no problem with you know anybody I mean? at any income level enjoying the money that they've earned no um and again i think it's just relative you know we're willing to are, are you willing to drop five grand to go on vacation well maybe to you know relative dollar amounts and i know it's astronomical but for us five grand to go on vacation is the same as Bezos is fifty million mm-hmm. to go to on mm-hmm. vacation space for ten minutes. That's a great point. Um, yeah, it's just it's all relative to what they make, and again, that's not knowing what he actually does. Philanthropically, <laughs> how much money he gives away? No, it's a great causes. point. I mean, it it really is, and it's um to that point. It's like sure, like I know personally, I could probably be more active in being fi- more philanthropic, oh, for and sure, donating right. money to things that are important to me. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I'm gonna. There's a to joy really, to giving. There really is. I mean, but at the same time, like, I don't. When you don't make fifty million dollars a year, it's fucking hard. Sometimes <laughs> you gotta live too. It, it is. It is harder for people who don't make that much yeah, money for sure. to donate that much money, especially in our hyperinflated environment we're yeah. in right now. But it's like, yeah. So if you're making fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year, and you got your mortgage and your yeah, car, ten per ten percent to charity is a lot harder to take when you make 50 grand a year when, than when you make 50 million. Yeah. Or billion, mm-hmm. whatever the fuck he made. Yeah. yeah. No, it's just imagine if everybody did 10% no matter where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And are we are we doing that ourselves? So what do we expect of a billionaire or a millionaire? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And but yes, it's harder. It but the lower the income you are too. Well, right? and it's and it is easier to to like visualize Okay, so if you're a, if you're a fifty billionaire, and you've got seven servants that live in your house, and you've got a yacht that's got five staff on it that you use once a year, and all these different things, it's like okay, so it, it's a lot easier for them 
it, mentally, you know, for them, maybe it's not, maybe that's mm-hmm. necessary for them to live the life they want to live. They need to have these things. But if they were without one of their servants, then there's your, there's their donation. Yeah. You know, but, and, and, it, and how, what the impact on their life would be as opposed to someone giving 10,000 of their 50,000, you know, to charity, but it's all how we choose to live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if we, you know, everybody can be a little more frugal if we wanted to donate more. It's definitely possible. Right. Not everybody. There's a lot of people. At least he didn't take it. At least he did something with it. He didn't just take it to his driveway and light it on fire and take pictures. Like, yeah, there's that's people how much that, I'm there, worth. There are Don't even do fucking that. care. <laughs> just burn it. There are people that do that. You, there's YouTubers cash. that burn cash. Yeah. That, have you seen that trend? See, no. but if they're YouTubers, oh. it kind of goes to the thing when you... When you find someone homeless and you buy them dinner, right? If you if you're a YouTuber and you're gonna burn cash in your driveway, you're only doing it because you know you're gonna make more money on the video of you. Burning oh, absolutely, it. absolutely. And how much of it's, it's calculated? Real? They t- they probably take a stack of real hundreds for like a, a grand. And like, oh look at this, and then all the rest of it's fake and it's from a distance. Like, fuck yeah, burn it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know my kids will get into this thing where they'll these YouTubers will um they they'll buy some expensive device. And then they'll smash it. Mm. They'll throw it off a bridge. They'll do stuff like that with it just to, but yeah, they'll make so much more money on monetization oh, for sure. from YouTube than they will ever, than what they spent on the three iPhones that they destroyed. Yeah, that's in the business ways. investment right there. Yeah. Buy the three iPhones, drop three grand, and you'll make 30000 Yeah. It's a pretty good rate of return. It's a solid rate of return. Just saying. And, and in, in my judgmental way, it's a fucked up <laughs> way of getting there. <laughs> it is. I'm so judgy. We, <laughs> we all got judgments. We all got judgments. That's okay. You can just keep laying into me, Michael. It's all good. What? I'm fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm messing with you. No, I know you love me. You like to... I love you, Ike. What's up with you, Ike? And you like to hit these deep topics and then start controversy. What? What are you talking about? I don't know. I just what feel controversy? like... What controversy? What, yeah, what pot am I going to stir today? Yeah, like, hmm... Hmm, what controversial so, topic can we discuss? I think it's... Which is probably a good thing. We're on a podcast. I think it's... Um, so I think the controversial topics don't get discussed enough among people that have the ability to have the discussion without getting angry. Yeah. I think that controversial topics are so one-sided often, and it's, it's some voice that you hear on a fucking podcast or on a YouTube video or on... Some either way right wing or left wing or, or like flat earthers or whatever this, but nobody will talk about it, you know, in, in a way where it's like, you can say, yeah, you're right. You know, I'm being a little fucking of an asshole on this one. My bad. Like it doesn't happen. Yeah. And so I really like being able to get into some sticky conversation with people and, and working the way out of it because it's like, I learn I feel like the person I'm with learned something, whether it's about me or themselves, and it's and it's kind of fun because like you get a little emotion and shit, and it feels real. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I my, like it. My problem with them is I care so little right now about what's going on and everything that I'm uneducated in everything. <laughs> so I'm trying to form an opinion based on what Ike's telling me because yeah, I'm like, like I don't fucking know any of this shit. <laughs> Well, you see, you got to understand that I probably know about as much as you do. I just like, I read a bunch of shit on it. That's like someone else's thoughts too, you know, and then I'm just forming my own opinion. So do you think, this is a good question for you too. 
just because to get you in mm-hmm. the conversation, Michael. <laughs> um, so there's so many different personality types, and people get judged all the time on these controversial topics or canceled or whatever it is. Do you think that just makes people default to not engage, and then if they do engage, basically just passively agree? Yeah. A Even lot. if it's not their true thoughts? I think that happens a lot. I think people are afraid to engage because they might get judged and, and or rejected or canceled. I think it's uh, like it's so much easier to get by in life if um, nobody's watching what you're doing mm-hmm. or listening to what you're saying. You know, you just keep my head down, go to work, go home. You know, it's easier. And then you can go home on the message boards when you got a screen name. You can blast it out there all you want, and nobody will really know who you are. So I think so. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I guess for myself personally, it's like I don't, I don't like rocking the boat, and I yeah. don't like conflict. So sometimes it's easier just to let people have their opinions and oh, for sure. Like I'm agree yeah. with them in that moment, that or not. I guess not press it because how attached am I? to them agreeing with my opinion. Right. Like I, I know from my experience that people are going to go through their own process and come up with their own opinions and stuff like that. And it's like, if there's an opening, then I can give you my opinion or what I think when I'm seeing people on a professional level and stuff like that. But it's not so much people want me for a certain reason and we got to see if we're on the same path. And maybe if there's opportunities, I can drop some ideas of maybe a different perspective or a different way of looking at things. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, versus trying to force it down their throat. Yeah, oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Or, sure. or like, or say, "Well, this is what I think," and you're just, you know, what I mean, yeah. For someone in your position who sees individuals like constantly throughout the day, so and I say individuals just because Ike, maybe you're working a job where you're dealing with one owner of the property yeah. mm-hmm. and so you have to deal with that one person yeah but michael is someone who sees people for like 20 minutes at a time and you're seeing you know 20 people throughout the day i bet you con- you constantly get just the people who want to talk <laughs> and they want to give you their opinion on something <laughs> and so you're probably fielding a lot of like i'm here to do a professional job yeah. just let me adjust you well it's like let's let's do this if you want to talk more then they usually, they know that, I mean, we just have people trained in the sense of this, you're coming in, we're doing our thing. If we, we need more time, then we need to set up separate time because you see the other people waiting. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So, so you don't get a lot of chatty Cathy's? Not, not usually. I mean, not where they're going into. Into depth. Into depth on stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. We've all, I think we've all dealt with that one person though, who's like, it's on their mind and they're just waiting to tell somebody and it's oh, like yeah i know you kind of well, so you're the person i'm gonna tell <laughs> and some people just talk and like they're just talk yeah. talk 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 but you just kind of guide them to mm. where they need to go and they can talk to the next person on the way out <laughs> that's why you have those yeah. people <laughs> what's up team <laughs> <laughs> no it, 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 to your point yeah it's um it so and as a as a professional, as a as a DC and a what's it LE that I am right now. So LE is actually a police thing. So I think we need to change it. 
Okay. Oh, he's a police thing? Law enforcement. Oh. Oh. Well, then what's it? What, whatever. What, E-L. What's it going to be? E-L? <laughs> Expert landscaper. I think that's I a know. Spanish-speaking thing, Yeah, let's not, let's not, let's <laughs> okay, not be in E-L. <laughs> um, hey, 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 quick side note. Fun fact. Deja vu moment right there. Oh, really? Yeah. No right. shit. You brought that up. <laughs> Dang. Way to resurrect the deja vu. <laughs> okay, anyways. <laughs> Nicely done, Kyle. Um, how about LS? Sure. L- landscaping specialist. Oh, I like that. There, there we go. go. I'm a landscaping specialist. So, you are. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, the fuck was I even talking I about a second no ago? We got the acronyms and deja vu and fucking. Uh, oh, so like when you as as professionals and you're working with clients, that's generally waters I don't wade very deep into sure. with clients for sure. Because with me, because I do have more time with clients often they will want to wade into those waters with me. And, um, and I, I'm, I'm a pretty open guy, you know? And so it's like, I'm, I'll talk to them and stuff and we'll have a conversation. But I, I will say that I usually will try to avoid w- wading into those waters with my clients because that's not my, that's not my, that's not the reason I'm there. No, I think you on know? a professional level, like that's the professional mindset is, yeah, I'm here to do a job, and I'm not here to impart my beliefs on you, mm-hmm. and I'm not here to, you know, frankly have a conversation and be your friend. <laughs> well, see, that's that's something that. So I will say it's interesting doing what I do and having the time I have, and I don't know if you'll find this as well, but um, I have found that so many of my clients, um, I connect with them really easily. Mm-hmm. And they appreciate that just about as much as they appreciate the work I do in their yard. Like if I, if I walk up to their house and they're instantly comfortable and they feel safe and they feel like they're going to be taken care of by me professionally and they can trust me, that means like that combination of things means so much more than just I'm, I'm going to make them a nice patio. Oh, for sure. You know? But like, you wouldn't approach it. You would not approach a client like, "Fuck, did you see Bezos just went to space?" And you wouldn't, you wouldn't approach a client that way because you could upset that balance. I would assume. No, I don't. I don't. I don't lead into that. There'll be. I mean, there's times I, I, I can many times I could think of that where clients will be like, "What? What about that fucking Trump? Or what about Biden? Mm-hmm. Or what about Bezos? Or whatever?" And I'll be like, "Yeah, it's pretty crazy, you know." And they'll be like, and they'll push. And it's just like, yeah, well, you know, everybody's got ideas on how things should be, you know, and I just kind of diffuse it that way. But there's, I mean, the, yeah, I've had plenty of clients because I'm so friendly and, and accessible, they'll want to dive deep yeah. with me. And it's like, uh, I got shit to do. Like, you know, like if I got, I will say though, like, um, and I, and I know you do this too. Like you connect with your clients. You understand some of the things my, I'm talking to Michael, everybody, cause you know, <laughs> you can't fucking see us, um, I've heard you, it's like, you know, how's your sister doing? I know she was in a car wreck or something like that. It's like, that means the world to people, mm-hmm. you know? Sometimes they want to be your best friend when you do that and when I do that. But so there's a boundary there. Well, you want to definitely acknowledge the pain and suffering or the, the stress that people are in. Yeah. Without, yeah. yeah and, and knowing that it's like, 
Hey, I'm, I'm sorry you're going through that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a personal. But at the same time, it's like, you can't do much. You know, it's like, I'm glad you're getting checked so you can handle this yeah. the best yeah. you can. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That type of thing of. Uh, well, and I think that's more of a personal touch and it's not like, let's hit topics that maybe people are. Right. But yeah. then I'm out- not going to bring up anything random. Yeah. You know, and, and part of my, like when you think of like, I think of doctor as teacher. You know, so my job is partly educating them. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to educate people on what it is, what health is, <laughs> where health comes from, and how do you restore health and balance to your life, especially when you're coming in broken. Yeah. So it is my job to educate people and kind of show them that path. And that's part of my daily visit, too, of like taking them along that. Or we do special classes every Tuesday on look, this is a class I really highly recommend you come to so you learn more about how your body heals and functions. You're, we're going to go over ergonomics. We're going to go over you know, a bunch of different topics. Mm-hmm. We find that people get the best results if you attend this because you're going to know more about yourself and how your body heals and works. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're always trying to educate. Yeah, no, I, I would <laughs> you agree know, with that. Or so inspire. Or, full disclosure, you know, Ike goes to you, my boys get adjusted by you and so does my wife and there's always like that educational point like here's a good exercise you can do to mm-hmm. help mitigate what i just found like, teach people how to fish you yeah. know if we teach people how to fish then they make better choices and they can take care of themselves yeah on a on a greater level see that's what he was talking about ike with better choices health oh oh now i get it fuck god i'm such an asshole for trying to for trying to pick on his his bullshit answer from before sometimes when you start talking and like you i say you but me personally it's just sure 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 words just start coming out of your mouth as you're trying to formulate thoughts at the same time it's just like like, so you guys like to define words how would you guys define health what is health? Ooh, that's mm. fucking deep because well, health I'm just, is at so many levels. You know, well, I, that's I, what I'm asking. Yeah. What are, you know, hey, this is our podcast. We ask the questions around here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what the fuck, man? That's not allowed. We're we're not ready for this shit. <laughs> we at least prepared you for weeks and weeks on end for this. I didn't get it. You said you had water. That's it. <laughs> that is what I said. Yeah, you show up at seven. We got water. <laughs> we got water. <laughs> if, if you want water, bring your own. If you want it, if not, we if got you want it. Coffee, bring your own. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, what is health? I mean, for me, health is very multifaceted because I, I, I would break down health into different areas. So it's mental health, emotional health, physical health, um, you know, like environmental health. There's like all these different things that I would break down health as. But I guess it's, it's health is, is, a, is an awareness of, um, of my function within myself and within the world around me and trying to uh, make that function, um, I don't know if I want to use the word clean, that makes sense as possible. Um, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess That's really good. That I, mm. she just, all right, I'll pass that. <laughs> pass? You'll pass. No, so, I was going to say like, I would, I would say it as like the state of a specific function, whether it be mental, physical, dietary, um, of an individual and yeah, the conscious effort to make that the best it can be. Great. So the World Health Organization, they define it as a state of optimum 
physical, mental, and social well-being. See? So not merely the absence of disease and infirmary. Right. Because when do we go to the doctor? Oh, when we're sick. When we break something. Yeah. So we're always kind of like healthcare-wise, we're always trying to go there when we're sick or broken versus trying to optimize a state of physical, mental, or social well-being. So our healthcare isn't really healthcare; it's disease management. Yeah, we only go when we're broken. That's because we're whole, taught to go when we're broken. Yeah, our whole fucking societal structure is based yeah. on teaching us that exact thing, and or teaching that if you have a cough, you take this cough syrup. Mm-hmm. If you have a sniffle, you have this yeah. other med. If you have a fever, you have this med. So we're taught from a very young age that health doesn't come from within; it comes from this cough syrup, this pill. Is that the most is that the most frustrating thing as a as a as a doctor that that doesn't buy into the westernized medicine mindset like to to it's well and it's, I would say that's more the pharmacological we we broke everything down into chemicals and we're all just a bunch of chemicals our cells produce chemicals and so if the chemicals are out of balance then there's a drug to fix it mm mm-hmm. mhm yeah, and but so he, it's frustrating because that's like the philosophy versus, well, you know what? In order for every drug to work on you, you have to have those chemicals within you already that are produced like, you know, painkillers. You have endorphins that are more stronger than the strongest painkillers out there that are released, but they break down real quick. So there are times in our, you know, when people have severe car accident or amputations or stuff like that and traumas that we produce those chemicals that are needed in that moment. Mm-hmm. Right. But it breaks down. It doesn't last and have the side effects where it's like knocking you out, that mm-hmm. type of stuff. So I think the frustration is just as a society that we always, we look outside of ourselves versus within ourselves. Yeah. There's an over prescribing of yeah. stuff. Yeah. but And it's the why? constant. Why do we look outside of ourselves? Because, because we're taught like that since birth. If yeah. you have a cough, you take this cough syrup. Mm-hmm. If you have a fever, you take this fever med. If you have, you know, a sniffle, you take. Yeah. So the origins know. of that shit, though, is snake oil. Right? The origins of pharmaceuticals is fucking snake oil salesmen. It's all about making a buck. It's never about fixing people. Those fucking guys, when they, back in the, whatever, the 20s, and they'd fill a bottle full of fucking cocaine and and some other shit and they'd mix it up and say if you take this you're going to lose weight you're going to cure cancer you're going to cure your vision and and you're going to live longer you know and it's like it's all bullshit and they know it oil and then there was a science of the day the science of the day might have been bloodletting you know way back when or leaching you know i mean Mm -hmm. that was medicine and science of that time so Right, Science but, has always changed, and then when you get a microscope, oh, you can see smaller things. So then you start to look at, you get a deeper understanding. So there's been a science. I, I, I'm talking specifically pharmaceuticals, though. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the origins of that is. It, I don't know if it's snake oil salesman. I think, that, I think that was more of a con artist, a snake oil salesman, versus like somebody. Okay, so let me take it back. Westernized pharmaceuticals. Because, yeah. you know, if you look in like the Amazon... Yeah. They would go out into the into nature and they would find things to help help cure stomach yeah. aches and shit like that. But like westernized pharmaceuticals, maybe it's just a combination of snake oil salesmen making a lot of money off of something because somebody wants to feel better and then somebody actually understanding that there are things that can help us. Yeah. So I think there was 
probably like from the scientific pharmaceutical approach, they did find plants. I mean, yeah, that were beneficial. The snake oil salesman's just a con man. I don't think that's. Those are two different people. Really, though, were all of them like? So, let's say they found that's something. I, that's that, my opinion. I have no idea. Yeah, well, I don't, I, I don't know either. <laughs> but like, just I, and I don't, I don't either. Yeah. I'm just I'm. Looking I don't want to say history. all origins of pharmaceutical medicine come from con men. I'm, I'm not that's saying what I'm that. Saying. Okay, and I'm not saying that either. So I'm saying that when I when I put snake oil, then I think con man. But what I'm what I'm thinking of is like westernized pharmaceuticals. Part of it, I think in my opinion and what I've read and, and what little I fucking know, which isn't a lot. So don't, don't listen too deeply to what my thoughts are. They're not right. I'm just, it's my opinion is that some people figured out that there were ways of taking things that were created in nature to help us with stomach aches and, mm-hmm. and pain and, and things like that. But then there were other people that figured out like, okay, that's pretty cool. But if I can, if I can sell that, yeah. To people, they want to create a panacea or a silver bullet that it fixes everything, right? So, and they want to make a lot of money doing it, yeah. you know. And so, I think I feel like a lot of pharmaceutical companies right now they're half and half like, half of it they understand it can help people in some way, but the other half is that it can also really harm them and they're making a lot of money on it, so yeah. they're 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 not focusing on the harm part of it. Well, how many things are approved but then pulled off the market mm -hmm. after they kill so many people or create enough damage? You know what I mean? How many TV commercials do you listen to where it's like your side effects include stomach, gastrointestinal bleeding? So the interesting thing about about us, like when we went to Palmer uh, Chiropractic, basically it's an international school. So you get people coming from all, all around the world. The U.S. is one of the few countries that can directly market pharmaceuticals to the public there's only two so that's where you see the problem is like in the u.s we consume more than half of the world's drug supply i can believe that you know mm-hmm. but it, and it's you know then you go back to society you know it's like if we're taught this that well, it's okay to take cough syrup it's okay to take all these different meds as a kid when you're not feeling well mm-hmm. and why when a kid turn to harder stuff when you're depressed when you get older what's what they're taught or you know i mean because it's like it's easier just to numb out or to check out than it is to work through stuff or to kind of like find solutions to the problems that are occurring in your life yeah it's easier it's easier to be told by someone in a white coat this is your problem here's your fix Mm -hmm. just like it's easier to go to mcdonald's well, and to cook your own food. Mm-hmm. And, and okay, so on, a, on another level of that, say you're a single mom mm-hmm. and you got two, three kids at home and you're working two jobs and your kids are going to school and you're, you're one kid's in, in soccer and you got another kid that's in kindergarten and, and they're sick in the middle of the night and you got to wake up in four hours because you got to pull another double the next day and you can either give your kids some Tylenol cough syrup or you can take part of the day the next day to make an appointment with you and lose some hours at work and then pull your kid out of school and do all it's it's mm-hmm. um we haven't built our society very well around wellness yeah well and it's like and when they're already in the crisis situation the expectation isn't like well i'm here to cure their cough or their headache or well, that's whatever their thing it's more like 
what are you doing to prevent that from occurring in the first place? Right, but they need you to know be educated I mean? on that. Exactly. So, I mean, whether if they're coming to see me or a medical doctor or whatever, it's like, what are they doing to stay well and to, to be optimum? Physical, right. mental, social well-being. You know but what it, I mean? To, to, to be in that mindset, to be willing oh, to yeah. and, and have the ability to take the time, because it's a time-consuming thing. Mm-hmm. To 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 pro to like be part of the wellness culture as opposed to the reactionary fix it with a drug culture, so like that both robs time. You're either you're either taking time to prevent crisis or you're losing time because of the crisis mm-hmm. because you didn't take any time to prevent it. Right, but they but they're sold on the fact. I guess well, what yeah, I'm yeah. saying is like if you if you have the the cupboard full of a leave and Tylenol yeah. and all the things, it's an education problem. Yeah, it's an and education we're brainwashed problem from the beginning. So, so how would you say in like on a bigger picture or even just like, let's just say our town of Baraboo, mm-hmm. just a small picture. How would you say would be, uh, what would be a w- good way to start with our town of Baraboo and educating people? Where would you start as, as a DC and, a, and, and you on, you're far more than a DC in my mind because your, your knowledge of depth of health is so much deeper than just like you're just adjusting somebody's spine. Mm-hmm. Where would you start? You got to start where people are at. You got you can only meet people where they're at. So when do I see people when they've reached crisis? Now where would you start in a, in a perfect world? Where would in you start? In a perfect world? Yeah, like you, where would you create it? You'd have to educate moms. How would you do that? Have a dinner night. Have a night where they're coming and they're learning how to raise a healthy family. Okay. So in a perfect world, that's in a perfect world, you wouldn't have advertising on all the pharmaceutical and they would have been mm-hmm. educated already. So in, in a perfect in world, a perfect you would world reach they out would to know the already. Moms. You'd reach out to moms. Are you saying how to change our world into a perfect world? I'm saying if you, if like <laughs> the, the world that you in. Yeah. You're such a fucking smart ass. <laughs> no, what I'm just saying is like, so the people that are already healthy, you know, we all have a brain and a nervous system and mm-hmm. we need to make sure that it's clear. We don't care if it's clear until we hurt. Right. Yeah. That's reality. Mm-hmm. So I don't care what the perfect world is. It's never going to happen. The per- the, I, the I, world is the world we live in. I understand, but I'm so saying the perfect if, world, if they right would know now, already. If, if you had it at your fingertips to, yep. to initiate something it within our community... Birth. What kind of program would that be? Like, where would you start? You, and you, you said it. Baby, you start with the You moms. have a baby. You go to the chiropractor on the way home. On the way home. Why? That's what I'm asking you. On the way home? Yeah, on the way home. Okay. To make Why? sure its nerve system is clear. Okay. Because if you have interference between your brain and your body, and that's how I started. I was a sick kid. I had a traumatic birth. Mm-hmm. So I had chronic ear infections breathing my parents heard me wheezing throughout the whole house mm-hmm. by the time i was three years old i had like a barrel chest they they knew where i was at because they heard me <laughs> i was not a normal my mom had two healthy older uh kids i have two older sisters normal they were functioning normal with me they had to take me to the doctor like every every month just get me on antibiotics trying to help me function i was not functioning mm-hmm. and then uh my dad was going to the chiropractor for his bad back and he was just in small talking. He was like, Oh, we got to take Michael to, to the doctor again. He's sick, you know, another ear infection. And, and he's like, well, why don't you bring him in? Let me check him out. So they brought me in. I don't remember my first adjustment, but it's like what they told me was the doc adjusted me, went home, 
that night they thought I died because they didn't hear me breathing. I wasn't when you were wheezing. Asleep. I wasn't wheezing. Mm. So my mom, that changed her life right there. Right. She, you know how it is to raise a healthy kid? Mm-hmm. They got a lot of energy. Yeah. Right? But how is it when you have a sick kid? Knock on wood, I don't know. Okay. When you got a sick kid, it kind of sucks when they're sick. It's right? fucking, it's it fucking takes, hard. It takes, it takes a lot of energy. It takes a, lot, it takes a lot of energy. So when you have healthy kids and you got a sick kid, it sucks. Yeah. You know, or like, you know. And so she, you know, I mean, that changed their life. And it, from that point forward, each kid she had got checked on the way home from the hospital. Make sure they start off life right. Because how would you know you're messed up if you never even... If you don't know what 100% is, it's like right. having the lights on fully. If the lights aren't on fully and you started at 50%, you would never know what 100% is. Mm-hmm. So that's what happens is a lot of times people are just used to their body, how it feels and how it's functioning because mm-hmm. they're used to thriving at a lower level than what optimum is, what optimum potential could be. And we're just used to it. And we put up with it because that's how we grew up. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like if I always use the analogy of if you grew up in a war zone, you would think that's normal. Sure. Yeah. Sure. How would you know? You've yeah. never seen anything different. You never felt anything different. Oh, bombs are going off all the time. This is normal. Mm-hmm. But if you grew up somewhere else and went in a war zone, you know that's not normal. So it's the same thing. Growing up sick, brainwashed, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of having, and I say brainwashed, I mean, we're all indoctrinated in yeah. some way we're thinking, fed from right the you know i mean fed from the machine and but you would think that's normal because that's what everybody does around you yeah so yeah i mean i know we're different and i know you know i've been blessed with living this lifestyle it's affected me and my family and my life and if i didn't have it i probably wouldn't be the person that i am yeah so when lincoln was born he was kind of a traumatic birth he got stuck mm-hmm. and uh so that was kind of our first exposure to taking him mm-hmm. or to starting chiropractic in general and uh yeah he's been going for since he was born so for three years mm-hmm. and just you know touch ups check up just a check up touch ups mm-hmm. and knock on wood he hasn't Keep been things se- well yeah you know, he hasn't like, been seriously sick yeah. mm-hmm. uh as a child, I had major ear infections, and knock on wood, he hasn't had those either or anything like that. Um, so what you find and what research shows is, you know, families of chiropractors versus families of medical doctors tend to have less illness, yeah, less ear infections, yeah. less breathing problems, less right. needs for medications. You know what I mean? Because you're, you're perfect, and we just got to allow that perfection to express through your body. Yeah. So we just have to remove any of that interference so that the body can express what's already perfect within you, allow it to express, allow it to restore balance. So to all of our major listeners, because there's a lot of them, what's what's the uh, what's the Cairo pitch, right? Like, what do you do to the body that makes that happen? So we're, you know, every vital organ or the most important organs in the body are protected by bone. Your heart, your lungs, you got your ribs around it, right? Mm-hmm. Your brain inside that big, I just tapped my head since <laughs> you didn't hear that. Everybody. So, you know, your head, your spine, all protected by bone. So what we're looking at is 
those, that most important organ, which is your nervous system, you know, like you can go weeks without food, you can go days without water, but if you break your neck, you lose function, right? right? And what's the legal definition of death is brain death. So we're looking at that spark that's going from your brain to your body. And if I touch your leg or poke you with a stick, you, you should move and, and feel that. And we got to look at that connection from your body back to your brain. So it's keeping those lines of communication as clear as possible so that you can feel and know your environment, both your internal environment, every organ, every cell, every tissue, and your external environment where you're at and keep that as clear as possible so you can adapt and function, which allows you to heal quicker and restore and rebalance. Yeah. You know, it's like we do so much. What we're not doing is we're not be able to recover. If we're not recovering from our daily activities, then it builds up stress. And that stress is going to always be that whenever you're under stress or in pain, you do you think you take a deeper breath or less? You I breathe deeper or more shallow? Shallow. If, if I want to hit you in your shoulder, you're going to hold your breath or you're yeah. going to take a deep breath, right? You yeah. know what I mean? So when we have stress, you tighten up. Right. Your muscles are going to be tighter, you know? And so when we hold our breath, breath is life. We're not breathing deeply. 20% of every breath goes to your brain to keep it functioning. You start shutting down patterns and programs. So it's like your computer. When it shorts out, you got to reboot the system. You got so a dirty fuel filter. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So then There's it's a lot like, of analogies here. Yeah. We got <laughs> to drop so lots of good analogies. Lots Let of good the, analogies. We have so many listeners, we have to allow them all to understand what he's saying in their hey, own when way. He said, 20% of each breath goes to your brain. I took a deep breath, just to be clear. Well, yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> as, as soon as he said how deep you breathe, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Deep breathe. I breathe real deep right now. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you everybody that listens to this, all three of them. Every, yeah, all three all, of them. They all just took a deep breath, They just didn't took they? a deep breath, every fucking one and of them. And that's the best thing you can do for yourself. If we just started breathing deeper and slower, there's a book called Hyperventilation Syndrome, and all the different symptoms that show up, it's crazy on like all the different like weird pains or dysfunctions that show up when we're not breathing deeply and slowly on a regular basis. Mm. You know, the power of meditation or yoga or qigong, all of that is the core of that is breath. That's the that's the the, the pitfall of breath, right? Is it's so unconscious. We yeah. don't have to think about if it. If you're not breathing, you know, people with these sleep app machines, uh-huh. if they're not breathing at night, they're not breathing during the day either. They're not breathing right at night. They're not breathing right during so the day. So do you feel either. like that if a person were to focus more on, on breathing well during the day, that would help them to be a, maybe to get to a point where they wouldn't have to have a sleep app machine at night? Possibly. Possibly. It could contribute greatly. They probably have a lot of other nerve stress going on in their upper neck and their mid back too. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you look at like posture and if I'm, everybody pull out your cell phone, what do you put your cell phone? It's like down at your heart level or your belly level and you're poking on it. So you're always looking down, which is creating all this stress on your upper back because your head's leaning forward and you're not centered. So if I'm not centered, I'm leaning forward. These nerves, T1, T2, T3, those are the nerves that go to your heart and your lungs. Hmm. What's the number one cause of death? Heart disease. Heart disease. Heart disease. It's like. And it's postural. It's affected by your posture. Let's yeah. say that. 
Yeah. I'm not saying that your posture created your heart attack, but it definitely doesn't help to have a lot of nerve stress in your upper back to keep your heart functioning at its optimum level. I feel you. I feel like I should probably go to the go see Michael more often. Whatever. <laughs> I always I always feel like I should go see Michael more often. But yeah. So what would you say is the greatest threat to to like uh, chiropractic education and the message you're trying to get out. Like, um, cause there are a lot of people out there that think that chiropractors are like, it's wackadoodle. Like yeah, it's, it's, it's still, fake, fake medicine, all I those mean, things. What's the, what's the, what is it about? Like, is it, is it Westernized medicine saying that chiropractic is not effective or is it just society? Well, I mean, there was a whole, the AMA, which is like the medical union, you know, had campaigns out from the forties and fifties of squashing anything that wasn't medicine. So homeopathy, naturopathy, acupuncture, chiropractic, all of that really got squashed and they would put stuff to your high school counselors. Like don't send your smart kids to chiropractic school. It's quackery. You know what I mean? Mm. It's not scientific. It wasn't until like the 1980s at the Supreme court, there was a court case that said chiropractic is a separate <laughs> license, fully scientific you know, healthcare system and that you guys can't be doing that. And so they had like published things in all their medical journals of that, you know, you can't blackball other professions. Mm -hmm. And that's when you started alternative care. Oh, sure. Yeah. They had, they had to give it a name. They had alternative care. And then you started seeing like MDs starting getting like acupuncture licenses. And, you know, I mean, there was this movement, but it was always like foo-foo. You know what I mean? It was like, like, we don't understand it. And it's not, it's not good to our piece of the pie because if there's other people, because what was happening was so many people, they were using their, their feet and their dollars to pay out of pocket with their own cash for other healthcare systems because our current medical system wasn't working. They were dissatisfied. So they were looking for other things and they were doing that so much that, you know, so the money talks. Yeah. Money talks. Well, let's start to incorporate it. What first, you know, osteopaths, you can't tell the difference between an osteopath and an MD now because they have, they're pretty much the same. Um, whereas osteopath and chiropractic used to be very much alike. That was both adjusting the spine and they had different philosophies on how they were doing it. But, um, now the closest area is like physical therapy and chiropractic is a much closer. Um, so I, I don't know when you say like, what's the biggest threat, the biggest threat is just people don't know what we do and why. And the biggest threat is that you take, chiropractic but then it gets pigeonholed into neck pain back pain and headaches well sounds like that's where the most research is previously it was so miseducation that's, people, that's what people came in for but the reality is like that's not how chiropractic started you know back in 1895 when chiropractic started as a profession it's a very young profession it wasn't neck pain back pain and headaches people were told to go home and die because there was nothing else they could do for them at the hospital. Those people that had money would take a plane, (laughs) go to Davenport, Iowa, take an ambulance from there and be in as taken in as a patient. Mm -hmm. And they were 
completely analyzed by two medical doctors that did all the tests. So they would take urine blood. It was kind of like state of art <laughs> clinic at that time. That was back in the forties. Um, when they did all this different type of research and people, a lot of people got well, they just get inputted. This is what they're diagnosed with. They did x-rays, they did their adjustments and they were just trying to research everything. Like what's going on. We know we can affect people when you see people get better, but we don't understand why. And so that's where they were kind of like doing all the analysis and stuff like that. And so as a profession, just things have become much more refined, much more specific over the last, you know, just like heart surgery. How much has heart surgery changed? How much has knee surgeries changed? You know, mm -hmm. it's like people get caught in this head space of, oh, my grandmother went to a chiropractor and it didn't work for her. She got hurt. Right. Or they're afraid. Don't, you know what I mean? It was like just fear stuff or ignorance. People don't truly understand how great and magnificent your body is and how great and magnificent it could be if we remove some interference so the body could just express that. Mm. So the biggest, I think, hindrance to that is just mind space, head space, and time. I like it. Hey, can we take a really quick break and then we'll come wrap this up with our Q&A <laughs> towards oh, Michael? Yeah, we can do that. All right. We're good. We're good. Drink as much water as you need. There's a there's there's five urinals in there, and we can all stand right next to each other while we're peeing out the water we just drink. There's four, bro. There's five, bro. There's four. Okay, fine. There's four. <laughs> like, what? Are you serious? Because <laughs> no, then I would have went to As soon as the... you said four, I was like, yeah, there is four. But then I was like, fuck <laughs> it. I'm going to stick with five. <laughs> we really got to do this right now? All right. We're going to walk back in that fucking bathroom and we're going to count them just so I could prove it that I'm wrong. Yeah. Because you're wrong. Yeah. Been here more, longer and in there more. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> Great to be here. Great. Great. You turn. You turn. No, question for you as a chiropractor. If you have any questions for a chiropractor, you can call in right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> what do you say to people who, uh, like crack their necks you know like if you're doing yoga or you're just stretching and things yeah. move you know stretching out yeah it's fine okay it's the people that are taking their hand and they're like yeah you yeah. know i mean that's type or they're holding the top and the bottom of their head and they're like pulling on it i guess if it works for you dude but what does it do? What 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 is that? What happens in your neck when it pops like that? So when it pops, the the popping sound is just gas. Can have a soda. You know, you open up the soda, it releases yeah. carbon dioxide, right? Yeah. Well, you're alive. Your body has a metabolism, just like you have digestive yeah. gas, right? Well, your joints, your body has a metabolism. There's a gas produced. So when you re like when I pop my knuckle, okay, I can't pop that knuckle again. Mm -hmm. If I wait 20 minutes, I could pop that knuckle again. Right. So that's the metabolism. The side effect is like when you're doing your spinal joints, you have all these, you release endorphins. It feels good. Mm -hmm. So there's a release. There's a chemical release where, and there's a tension release too. Like, yeah. oh, oh, it's like, oh, I felt good. Like, oh, I'm moving. You know, that that's. So the gas so is like holds it. The pop tension? is, no, the pop is just a release of the joint cavitates. So there's a, I'm just popping the joint. So there's a pop That's to all the joint. Crack some knuckles. <laughs> so there's can't do it. 
you have a closed system like the joint capsule. Mm-hmm. When I move two joints, that capsule cavitates. Okay. Okay. Which stirs what up or cavitate release? Mean? Is, is makes it mean, that noise. Okay. It, makes but, that noise. But is it the cavitate? Is that like the 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 accent it changes of the, the gas? It changes the pressure. So it's That's just like a, yeah. the change of the, the opening the pop can changes pressure. Yeah. Yeah. So you hear psh, right. So where does but the pressure go? But if I put go? the cap back on, there's still gas in there, and if I right. wait and I open it up again, you hear psh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I got you. So, but if I let's keep it open, then it goes flat. Yep. Right. Well, that's because it's dead. <laughs> <laughs> so if you can't it's pop, dead. you know, okay. you're dead. So your body is alive. Yeah. There's a constant metabolism. So what do you say to people who can't pop their knuckles? Does that that mean there's an issue that they that they're like like I can't take my hands and do that with? Well, what it's because you, you stuck a rock through it and it leaked all your. Well, that was just one of them. So everybody has like different tone and stuff. And some people, I mean, yeah, everybody's different. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that you can't pop your knuckles. You've never been able to pop your knuckles? Like very rarely. Okay. Yeah. It's like, it's something that doesn't like. Well, and you use your hands. So sometimes there can be like tension built. Like that's what I'm asking is like when you were a kid, were you able to pop your knuckles? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm. You've never been able to pop your knuckles. Not really. No. Uh-uh. I've never been a knuckle I got bad news, Ike. Yeah, <laughs> you know what that means. <laughs> well, <laughs> well. So this will be the last episode Ike Landman is on. It's going to yeah. be Kyle and Michael the conversation. <laughs> hey, really quick side note: uh, my water bottle's pure ice, so if yours is too, sorry. No, it's oh, mine must have been close enough yours to the little freezer. In the back. Nice, ice water. Ice water. Yeah. Interesting. Did I, did I answer your question? Yeah, for sure. So you release. So people that crack their own. So what happens is. Well, when so, people are cracking their own like yeah. neck and they have to do it like every hour, every two hours, you know, they're doing it all the time. Yeah. What happens is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know anybody yeah, like that, but continue. Yeah. So what happens is <laughs> they have a chemical release. It feels good and it releases tension. Yeah. The problem is when you have a joint that is stuck. So you have all your neck bones and you have an area that if it's stuck, it's not moving. So your body's really smart. What happens is the joint above and the joint below that become hypermobile. So you can still turn, mm-hmm. look up behind you and stuff like that. They move more than normal. Right. So you have a joint that's stuck and you have a joint above and below is a little sloppy. They're compensating. Gotcha. They're compensating yeah, yeah, yeah. For, the, for the problem. Your muscles tighten up because your body's trying to like stabilize an area or your muscles are working harder because the joints are sloppy. Yeah. Makes sense. So yep. you get this muscle tension and what do you do? You crack your neck and it's like, oh, that kind of felt good. Yeah. But geez, I'm doing it every 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, every so 20, you're, man. It's every you're, hour. you're trying, <laughs> so you're trying, you're, you're innately, you're trying to correct something that's a sure. problem, but you can't get specific enough to correct the problem. Sure. So you have this habit that's built up that you're always trying to self-correct, but you're not fixing it. So you're really, yeah. By doing the cracking, you're getting a momentary Release. Feeling of relief, but but in overall, a, and if you're being aggressive with it versus just like a stretch, yeah, just stretching. Yeah. If you're being aggressive with it, then you're creating more hypermobility, mm. and that's when your back goes out. Well, and that's where basically you have a problem, and you're just creating a bigger yeah. problem because you're not addressing the true issue. Yeah, have you ever heard of a story of someone like accidentally snapping their neck by trying to do that? Not snapping it, but like hurting themselves. Yeah, yeah like which will. Now I can't move my head. Sure. Like I can't move it because now I, I strained a muscle. Mm. Like, But no one's like paralyzed themselves. 
I don't know anybody personally. Okay. <laughs> Shouldn't do it anyways. <laughs> like with well, the, like, well, oh, yeah. what do you see in all the Disney movies and stuff? You know, before a fight or oh you know, yeah, like all oh, those. Yeah. Like, what do they do? It's yeah. like. They crack everything. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I don't, what is, it's interesting that, that's, to see that. That's like, glorifying that people that don't take care of their bodies. Or well, I, I don't know I, what it is. I don't know. They're just loosening It's just up. interesting. Are, are they? Well, it's Disney, Ike. <laughs> this is real fucking life. I'm thinking. Or blood sport. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I'm not thinking about is Disney. blood sport with Van Damme? Yeah. Blood sport's okay. Van Damme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I was that thinking, was old. I forget how young Kyle is. Holy I know. Wow. No, well, yeah. Good. I knew who it was. He's just such a baby. Good job. No. Um, I was thinking about like, so uh, Brad Pitt in Fight Club, mm-hmm. you know, he does that shit. You know, it's like all this popping and losing oh, yeah. all that yeah. stuff. And it's just like, you know, like he's not going to the chiropractor after well, a fight, you I, know, so he's got to have that momentary yeah. fluidity to, yeah. to get ready to rock and roll. So that's all I'm saying. Okay. Mm-hmm. Spoiler. If you haven't watched Fight Club. It's a shame, but hey, Ike, you're not supposed to talk about Fight Club. He's not real. What? <laughs> oh, but Disney is. No, Brad Pitt's not real. Is that, that real? No, he's that guy's alter ego or his alternate oh, well, personality. He's <laughs> <laughs> that's like such a great movie. It's a fantastic. All right, movie. this is still Q and A with Michael. So let's not sidetrack. <laughs> Wait a minute, what? our whole fucking deal is sidetrack, and now all I of don't. a sudden you're. You're still, I'm just going to ask questions from viewers track. who are just me. Okay. I'm okay. the viewer right okay. now. Okay. So, so cracking your neck, do you understand? Yes. Why? I don't use the hand. Why you want to do that I all I don't the use time? the hand. I feel like I tension my muscle on purpose, and then I turn it, and then that's yeah. able to pop it. Okay. What do you do? And I know this is, you probably can't even answer this because it's taboo or you're not supposed to do I'm thinking of that like song. What do you do? <laughs> that, that, that's like a, that's an Oompa that's Willy Wonka. Yeah, yeah. That's Oompa What can a spouse do? <laughs> It's fucking awesome. No, no, I'm, I'm Thank just, you for that. Yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate that. The, the Thank you for giving us a tangent. What can a spouse do when they say, oh, my back hurts. I need it cracked. And it's like 11 at night and they're not going to go see you. Do you have a foam roller? No. I, I This is a general question for Ike and Well, I show. I know what I do. I Yeah, you break out that foam roller, man. Or mm-hmm. you... Uh, Start doing like I was gonna say I always I always do like the lift I lift her leg up and I just turn her body. Pull on that man. Pull oh. pull on the leg. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, you. Push I'm it joking. Over. Everything I said, this is not advice. <laughs> no, 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 disclaimer. Sure. Everything sure. I'm saying here is not. Yeah, that's what I'm from, saying. I don't even know if you can answer that from here on out. So I remember, um, I would my wife you, would stand there, cross her hugs. arms over her chest, and I would go. I would come at her from behind, and then I would give her a big hug and then I would lift, lift. and yeah, it would, I, I would push my chest out of arc her back and mm-hmm. it would give her a couple good pops. It's just like whenever you're working on somebody, you could hurt somebody for sure. If you're applying like gentle stretching, foam rolling, you're not going to hurt anybody. All right. There you go. Foam rollers. So if you're not aggressive with it, like what Kyle's doing with the leg and the twisty that's, thing, that's the more, more aggressive you are. So the more aggressive you are, the more force you're using you better be specific right? and you're not trained to be specific because you don't even know anatomy. You know what I mean? It's like, so that's, you have to understand that's where people, because you you hear those women hurt or paralyzed by chiropractic. You know what I mean? You hear stuff like that. And then when you start to study, it wasn't even a chiropractor that performed it with some friend. But what happens is they blackball the profession. They say done by a chiropractic manipulation. Mm. 
it wasn't a chiropractor that did this. Right. Because they're trained. It's like you died in heart surgery because I tried to perform heart surgery. Yeah, and it's like these are things, and they say by chiropractic manipulation. Yeah. And it wasn't even done by a Are there bad, maybe bad's not the word, but like chiropractors out there that are not like good for the trade? So- are there bad landscapers? Yeah, I'm asking Are there a bad question. Boys though. and girls club people, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, we're gen- we're dealing with the generation. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's bad apples. Okay, just like every other yeah. profession. I mean, you hear the stories of people like, oh, I went there and I feel worse. I know. So I, I but think sometimes when you feel worse, so this is one thing. It's like you've been locked up, and it's an unrealistic expectation. Sure, you've been locked up. You're <laughs> a lot of times we're last case. You already went to the medical doctor and they gave yeah. you your pain pills and metal. You know what I mean? It's like you've been locked up for so long. You might feel a little achy afterwards. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, that's kind of like the balance point of this isn't a one pop miracle thing. Oh, right. You're looking at how long has it been jacked up? What is the normal time and healing for this? Talk to me in four weeks if you're not feeling better because mm-hmm. you should be feeling better. You know what I mean? But that first time or first couple of times, you might not be feeling like the greatest. Right. You know, right. because it's kind of like getting braces tightened. How many people's teeth hurt after they go to the dentist and they get their braces or the orthodontist? Every one of them. Yeah. yeah. So it's an un- that's what happens when your body's kind of adapting and going through changes. Well, I didn't hurt here. Now my pain moved somewhere else. Well, because it's been compensating for the last 10 years for mm-hmm. your lower back walking cricket you know what i mean mm-hmm. so pain moves we're looking at function sure right are you more mobile you know what i mean range of motion strength stability alignment and yes your pain will tend to you know 80 percent of the time most people feel better afterwards right but there's going to be a few that they're pretty messed up. And, and with everything else, the negative stories tend to get yeah. the headlines. Oh, for sure. Yep. You know, so they're the loudest. They're the ones. I went to a chiropractor. I was I was more hurt when I left than when I went in. Or, mm-hmm. or heaven forbid, somebody yeah. does come across a chiropractor that's not great at what they do. Yeah. Well, and, and I'll say, you know, chiropractic is a science, philosophy, and art, you know. And the art of applying your science, there's different artists. Right. You know what I mean? And, and time and experience, I think does matter yeah you know i mean you learn as you go you get a license to practice so you refine your art over time i think i went to a chiropractor once when i was maybe a teen and it was like a machine like the whole chair was a machine or something like that i'm trying to remember Hmm. there was a there was a lot of different kinds of chiropractic like there's different equipment there's Mm -hmm. traction there's different tables and all that stuff i mean and i mean and that's for me it's like always as I've grown as a chiropractor over the last 20 years, the the ones that stick with you are the ones that didn't get well. And you're like, dang, why didn't that? You know, it's like all these other people are getting well. But the ones that like frustrate me or kind of like I focus on are, why didn't that person get better? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What could I do better? So that's where you're like learning more stuff or introducing new equipment like our laser or mm-hmm. decompression mm-hmm. tables. It's like how do you increase your results so that when you see somebody, they – they're going to get better yeah. if they stick with the plan. Right. Now you can't control people's values and well, that's all that's that costs money. You know, I thought I was, could just do this for free. I was like, no, you know what I mean? Sorry. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. Sorry. 
<laughs> cost time and money. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. it's an investment in time and money towards your future health. Right. You know, do you want to have a functioning life or, you know, you could go the route of shots, surgery, failed back surgery, have another surgery. You know, 40% of the people that have a surgery have another one because the first one didn't work. Interesting. Yeah. So, and the outcomes when you say like you got somebody hurt at work or something like that, if they go to their medical doctor versus a chiropractor, the outcomes are so much different. It's like there's stats on it. I'll have to put it on their website or something like that. But when you go to the chiropractor, you get back to work quicker. <laughs> you lose less time off and way less likely to be disabled. Hmm. You go to your medical doctor first. They're going to put you on muscle relaxers, painkillers. Mm-hmm. You lay in bed. It's not your, those drugs don't fix the problem. Right. So now you just kind of get more scar tissue and solidify. And then, you know, two months later, you're still broken. Well, let's try PT. Okay. Let's, you know what I mean? Yep. And PT is great, but if you're not moving the joint and taking the joint through the full range, you got to get alignment and full range of motion before you start to strengthen. And PT is all about, you know, stretching and working some of the muscles, but they're not you're not getting full alignment and full range of motion before you're starting to strengthen. Mm-hmm. So we do PT in our office. It's just the timing of it. Sure. You know, get the joint functioning, then strengthen it. <laughs> What's the relationship between uh, westernized medical physical therapists and chiropractors? Is it like, is it, is it? We're along the same page. You know, I mean, both, yeah, I mean, is, PTs it, is there good at, communication along those lines, do you think? Or do the physical therapists, like at, at say the local hospital, are they more likely to refer them back to the medical doctor? You know, the in our local community, the system is you go to your medical doctor, they always are going to say, well, go to PT for six weeks. If it's not gone in six weeks, then we'll do a cortisone shot. If mm-hmm. it's not gone after that, then we'll look at surgery. That's the system that how it's set up. Okay. And I don't know if that's Dean. I don't know if that's SSM. That's what I hear. It's very rare that they say, Go to a chiropractor. Mm. So you'll have individual doctors and that's, that's, but the system is set up. Their physical therapists are in the same business. So, so same the hospital, so the insurance so company, why would you refer it out? Seat, yeah. Why would you refer it out if you have right. physical therapists waiting for work right, right. here? Right. Well, so no, the I system's going to be set up like that. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's so the, so the physical therapist... If, they if, should have a chiropractor in-house is what they should do, and then they'd get better results. Right. So, but he, even if they didn't have a chiropractor in-house, the, the situation is never, okay, so the chiropractic is maybe an option. It's always like, okay, well, then you're going to need surgery. It's never, it's never medical, physical therapy, and then something else. It's always medical, physical therapy. If that fails, go back to surgery. Typically. Yeah. Yeah. So in what situations as a chiropractor? Now, there are other hospital systems that have chiropractors like in the ER, in on the physical therapy, you know, like. What percentage of hospitals? I, I don't have that off the top of my head. Idea. More and more than what it used to be. So less than 50%? So more and more than you, what it like used to be. A, because insurance outcomes too, you know, insurance, it's a business. So yeah. when you'll see certain plans like, well, they approve 30 visits a year, you know, I mean, because they're all like uh, union contractors or something mm-hmm. like that, you know? So there's insurance plans when people are doing a lot of heavy manual stuff that it's just cheaper for them to say, 
please go to the chiropractor. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And different state laws, like in Illinois, your your chiropractor can be your primary care provider. You don't need like a medical doctor as your, pri- you know, you can list your chiropractor as a primary. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's every state is different. Laws are different. Parts of the country are different. You know, I mean, but as a whole, the profession is more and more accepted. The profession is growing. You're seeing more and more referrals from medical doctors, but old school is all. Yeah. <laughs> Do, is, is the insurance portion of that a big driver of it? Because if the insurance companies are saying to the medical doctors, okay, we're going to allow insurance to pay for more of this. You know, I don't. Insurance is crazy in the state in the fact that everybody's either having higher copays or higher deductibles. So we're kind of getting to a point where depending on the company you work for, you know, sometimes like, I mean, for ourselves, we have like a $7,000 deductible, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to choose to go where I want to go, where I think I'm going to get the most of benefit. How much is it to go to a chiropractor versus the ER? Right. You know what I mean? The insurance well, you might for, hit your deductible, then you can do anything. Then. Yeah. It's Car like, so and- it's, it's like people are having to make wiser decisions. Sure. Because uh, it's like their money. They're, they're making wiser decisions because they have to pay more out of pocket. Right. Yeah. So they want to get something that's the most effective versus, well, you know, I got a $10 copay, mm-hmm. you know, it's just easy to go to the ER every or urgent care. Or, you know what I mean? Just trying to, so it's got, it's kind of like bandaid approach versus like pushing the responsibility I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. What I find is when people are paying out of pocket, they are more responsible. They're invested. They're yeah. invested. Yeah, that's a good yeah. way to put it. And but then it's also roadblock because it's like sometimes people have everything paid for them, but then they're not as invested, so they might not be showing up for their appointments, or right. they forgot again, or you know, what I mean, mm-hmm. that type of stuff. Yeah. You know, what I mean, just or. They only want to do what insurance covers. They don't want to do anything extra than that. It's like, well, do you want the, we have good, you know, you'll get good results with this, but you'll get the best results and you'll get better quicker if you do X, Y, Z. You know I mean? It's, do you want good or you want the best? Yeah. It's well, up to you. I'm here for you, you know, but yeah. it's like at some point you kind of get to a point where it's like, I don't know if I'm willing to compromise unless if you're willing to do the best thing for you. Cause that's what you're paying me to do. Mm-hmm. You're, you're well, you're talking <laughs> I've about done this that... long enough that I know what's going to be the best outcome. And if we kind of like do a one time a week thing and you're broken, like you, you're not walking straight and it hurts to put weight on your leg. Then I think you need to get in here more often. Mm-hmm. Well, I can only get in once a week cause it's work. And it's like, do you need a note then? You know what I mean? It's like, I'm open late. It's like, well, you're talking about people to your point when you grow up in a war zone. Yeah. If they've grown up in their entire life, they being just okay is, is, mm-hmm. is, is what they know. And, yep. and if they can reach that point of being, then they're going to be way more hesitant to say, yeah, what, to go beyond that because they don't even know that there is anything beyond that. It's like, I'm actually pretty fucking good doc. You got me fixed up once a week for three weeks. Thanks. Yep. Yeah. You know? And, and so and that can happen. That's so it's a, like yeah. meeting people where they're at, but then as for myself because i know like well how often is that person going to reach that or do they say well i went to the chiropractor and that didn't work so that's like a mm-hmm. ding against the or i went to that office and it didn't work for me 
what did they do the plan right they just went or did they just and... do their thing right well yeah. then should it might be better for my business to say i only accept people that are willing to do the best thing mm-hmm. and I'm, my job is to recommend the best for you at some point at some point at some How point do you mean? well it's kind of making that it's like meeting people where that and mm-hmm. and or and then it, when you get to a point, then you it's get to be like a little that, bit that more choosy like, as a yeah, business owner yeah, where you like where you put your thing. focus. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I, I love it's the boundaries. I love your educational f- outlook and, and what you deliver to our community, though, because you have done so much. Um, and and to, like knowing there are people like you that are willing to go beyond just like having people come in their office, adjust them and send them home and then done with it. Like you are very invested in our community. You're invested in our children in our community, in the adults in our community, and uh, and like you're part of the solution. And like I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Like our community is very lucky to have you as part of it. And um, and so like when I talked earlier about when I asked like what where do you where would you start? Like you're doing it. Mm-hmm. You know you're doing above and beyond what a lot of people would do in your situation. You're educating. You know, and like part of our intent was always like, we want to be a point of light for the community, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's like a place where people could, you know, be inspired mm-hmm. to a higher vision of for themselves and for the community. Cause it's like, it always starts with, it starts with us first. It starts within. And when you take that step, when you make yourself better, it affects your family, your spouse, mm-hmm. your kids, you as a better person firing on all cylinders, <laughs> living those brightest light bulb you can be mm-hmm. um, affects that circle and that spills out into your community and your, you know, your yeah. social groups right. and that spills out in the world. And so it's like when I get into the big environmental crises that we talked about, like in the beginning, it's like, what about this world? I can't do anything about that part. You know, all I can do about is how am I here right now? And how am I with the person that's right? But you, but you are. Doing well, yeah. About that so, yeah. so it's like I have to take care of my shit first, mm-hmm. and once that's taken care of, I know that will affect the greater part. So mm-hmm. instead of focusing on that huge greatness, big problem that feels like immobile, or I'm just a drop in the bucket, you know, right? It's like create the change from within. Well, yeah. ta- you're taking the time to be to do things that aren't self-serving, and a lot of people, I shouldn't say it this way, I think there's an idea that. Um, you know, I'm really busy and I'm going to take care of me and my family right now. And there's a, a, la- a lack of, uh, of seeing beyond how, how it actually comes back and helps you and your family mm-hmm. by helping other people, you know? So when you go out and educate your community, it's also educate, it's helping you at the same time. When we all live healthier lifestyles, hopefully insurance premiums would go down every year and versus up. Right. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's yeah. like that's what you're looking at. Hopefully people live richer lives because they're able to do more with their, do more of what they love versus being stuck. Oh, I'm tired. Oh, I'm sure. sick again. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. you know what I mean? It's like, we're right. only on this planet for a short time. Yeah. And who wants to spend it living less than what we could be? It's a valid point. Absolutely. I know there was a time community outreach when health source had someone come here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't remember if it was weekly or monthly. I think it was monthly maybe, but just to expose the kids and, you mm-hmm. know, their parents filled out the proper paperwork, obviously. Yeah. But it's like, 
get them in the groove of wellness well, and, it's, and it's health. What's how does that affect our community? You yeah, know, it's like yeah, it starts. It does start with childhood. You know, in the sense of being that clear, we have windows of opportunity and developmental windows. Yeah, where the brain is developing. So the when you talk about biggest bang for your buck, if I was to spend forty bucks on a adult getting it adjusted or a kid. It's like I'd put it in the kid every time. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because that how that arc changes their life. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, is a better return on investment than the older person that you know, what I mean, yeah. The older sure. person needs it. They have a quality of life too. But if I had to choose, you put it in the kid. Well, I think that's to, a common, to make a better tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a common thought process on a on a lot of things. I well, think yeah, I mean, everyone a lot of people are gonna yeah, promote yeah. the wellness of the kid over themselves. Well, it's a they have a, a kid has a, a finite a bank yeah. of experiences, and their bank has only been eight years of their life. Whereas you have someone who's got forty years worth of experiences. Yeah, if you can make a positive experience in that first eight years, yeah, as opposed to trying to bring one in and meld it with all the other experiences after forty years, that's a whole different. Yeah, you know, it's well, and that's why we were coming into the boys and girls yeah. club and adjusting yeah. the kids. Why? Right, because mm-hmm. they. That's how you can change it. Yep. How you can change that quicker you know yeah well and again i'm just going to keep heaping praise upon you because i think you're amazing your your mindset isn't i'm going to take a stab at this i could could be totally wrong so correct me if i'm wrong okay your mindset coming into the boys and girls club and 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 meeting these kids where they're at and adjusting them it you're not coming in here trying to build a bigger client base you know, you're not you're not coming in here trying to fatten your bank account so you can go to Tahiti. Mm-hmm. You're coming in here because you want to have an effect on the on your community. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's like that's a very honorable thing. You know, it's yeah. like that's that's a and, mindset that and frankly provide a service that they wouldn't just yeah out, outright flatly saying it they would not experience otherwise or they yeah. would not be provided. Yeah, the bulk their par- of them, yeah. yeah the bulk of them their parents are not going to take them to a chiropractor. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So yeah, man. Yeah. So speaking of which, I'm probably going to be seeing you soon because uh, I'm about ready to go help some buddies of mine move um, all of their shit from Madison back to back to Baraboo here in about 20 minutes. And uh, yeah. there's going to be some heavy shit. And somehow I'm always the guy that ends up on the heavy end of something. Yeah. You got the truck and the trailer. So, I mean, I'm actually taking they gonna call? both of my trucks and my trailer. Dang. I know. I know. It's uh, it, It's great, though. You know, because it's like I, the goal was, so it's our buddy Lewis is moving from Baraboo and he's got an apartment in, in Madison and I'm, and I'm like, how can we do this in one trip? Like I will donate everything I possibly can to this process if we can do this in one fucking trip. Cause I don't want to drive to Madison yeah, twice. Right. You know, it's like, it makes for a long day and it's going to be hot as balls this afternoon. So if we can get down there and come back in one trip. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm all about it. So if it takes two trucks and a trailer and my back or whatever, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to sacrifice it. We're going to get it done. And I'll come see you. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. No, it's good stuff. Yeah, no. I appreciate you being on here. Well, thank you. So Thanks for having me. Some really good insight. Uh, fuck, I'm just going to... I think this might have been the most informed guest we've had. <laughs> this, <laughs> educated. Informed and Yeah, it, absolutely. No, no offense, Bill, but yeah, you're yeah. lacking. Yeah. <laughs> fucking bill he knows some shit though he does he's yeah. like you got to put garlic in your socks and shit like <laughs> what 
kind of stuff does he know? Oh, you don't know about. Oh, you got to. That's another story. So for Bill, time. Bill's got a. a I'm going to throw a little okay. shameless okay. plug for Bill out here, just because you know we love him and love to hate on him. He's got a. Uh, this isn't hating on him. He's got a YouTube channel called Own Your Biome. And it's all about like wellness practices and things about like what you can do with natural ways of like, he's got this thing, like if you've got a stuffy nose or something, you go to bed and you put garlic in your socks when you go to sleep or some shit. I've never done it, but I've Mm -hmm. heard people do it. So he's got all kinds of little, little tips on how to like have a healthier you. So check it out, everybody. All three of you check out Bill's own your biome YouTube channel. Huh? <laughs> you know you're gonna go home and put garlic in your socks as soon as we're done. I with don't this. wear socks. Like Ever? to bed. Oh well, well that's the point. Normally you don't, but in order to keep the garlic on the bottom of your feet, does duct tape work? I'm sure it does. Yeah, as long as you don't <laughs> have got hair, the hairy oh, feet. Yeah, 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 yeah hairy feet. So, oh, that would hurt. That would oh. suck. Yeah. All no, right. no, no duct tape on the feet. Probably. All right. I, I, yeah, okay. Okay. All right. All right. Peace, peace everybody. Hey, thanks, Catch everyone, for yeah, yeah. tuning in this Thank week. you, Michael Zolper, for coming in. Thanks Michael Zolper, DC. DC. Kyle Crosby, BMF. Badass motherfucker. That's right. <laughs> peace out, everybody. All right. Lo- love y'all. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What? Much love. All right. Bye. <laughs> no, we're done. <laughs>